Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. It is uh, it's 11.30 a.m. I'm actually going on about 30 seconds early, so it's actually 11.29 still. But uh, my mistake earlier, I did not notice that it said p.m. on the timer. So hopefully I got everybody joining me right now on this. I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams, and I'm flying solo today. So it's uh, yeah, I got Philk, who's working on his new job, and he is. We're we're dying to get him back on with us again, and Anthony, who's away on vacation. But if you haven't heard, we've got big news coming and a little bit of bigger news coming next week, uh, around two o'clock. We should have an interview with guest Jacob Slavin of the Carolina Hurricanes. There's our first active player to be joining us on here, and we're working harder to make our show better constantly. And we can't wait till it's even better for you. There's even bigger news coming very soon. And we are waiting to announce that one. Although we kind of hinted at it on the last show on on Saturday. So it's a little bit weird that we're doing um, that we're doing a show right now on a Friday. Uh, Sorry. Like I said, the guys have been away. I had a golf outing on Wednesday And yesterday I played Beth Page Black and I am still exhausted. I have no idea how people think that's fun. But, you know, we still had a great time. Almost broke 100. And to do that on the black, it's it's not an easy thing. So if you guys have ever played it before, please uh, throw it down in the comments below. We're going to be doing bar talk since I'm alone today as more of an interactive uh, affair. So... I, I want to know what you guys think. So when we're I'm doing the topics, I'll go through mine. Throw your comments down. Let's see what you got. Uh, this is this is gonna be you know, it, it's it's we're gonna we're gonna be a little bit more informal here. And I kind of got a a an editorial that's gonna piss some people off. So and let's not worry about that. But the big news of this week for the New York Rangers was Capocaco resigning. For $2.1 million AAV on a two-year deal. He's still an RFA after that. That's one of the important things. Because the Rangers are going to need to make sure that they keep his rights. Because they got a lot of contracts coming up over the next two years. Specifically next year with Heedle, uh, Kendra Miller, and Alexei Lafreniere coming. That is going to happen. That is for sure. And they're going to have to do some salary cap juggling. That's why it was sort of important for them to keep the give more terms and keep the money down on Vincent Trocek. But we'll see how well that move works out. As of course, everybody remembers Capococco, second overall pick in 2019. David Quinn uh, thought he was a perfect bench warmer. And uh, I have, I have been very critical as, as a Philk uh, over the last two years of this podcast about our thoughts about the way David Quinn handled him. Now, I think there's not going to be any lingering effects from the Game 6 scratch. I still think it was not a good move. I am a Gerard Gallant apologist. I'm a Gerard Gallant fan. I will say that a million times over, but I, I don't agree with that move in any way. It is, it is something that uh, just Dryden Hunt, uh, to to answer to to give the same sentence I've given for Ryan Strom over the last two years. If Ryan Strom is the answer, what the hell is the question? 
And Dryden Hunt, it, honestly, I, I can't imagine him being a New York Ranger much longer, especially with what they got coming up through the system. We'll probably talk about prospects later on in this in this podcast. So we'll stay tuned on that. All I could say is I'm looking forward to Will Cooley, who will be hopefully a much better version of what they thought Dryden Hunt can be. Anyway, Kaka with his career, he's shown flashes of what he could be. Look no further than the game five, like 30 seconds. He just held onto the puck behind the net. Now, I still think those flashes indicate that there's a jump coming. And don't be surprised if it happens next year. But then again, I thought the jump was going to come this year. He was playing with Strom and Panarin, and he had uh, seven points in nine games and was starting to flourish, and then they moved him around. So the, I'm, I'm not sure if the Rangers know how they're handling him. That's It's, it's been a frustrating situation for all involved fans because – they're, we're all expected a superstar if you're a fan. And then you have the coaches who see what he could do and are waiting for it to get, happen. So the question I have for you guys is, can Capo Caco become a great player in New York? Because I'll tell you what, there is no history of, no, sorry, I said no history. There's a long history of players that have gone on to flourish elsewhere whether it's Rick Middleton whether it's Alexei Kovalev or even go to the Islanders Todd Bertuzzi is another one hell there were Todd Bertuzzi Roberto Luongo their their list is just as big too so you don't I'm I'm from the book give up a year late on a on a big prospect rather than a year early do you guys agree with that or not throw it down in the comments below and it's one of those things it's is is the is he really a fit for the New York Rangers is what the question sort of is. I actually think he's going to be more of a fit playing with Vincent Trocek than he will possibly any other center that the Rangers have had. And because here's the thing, the Rangers have been blocked with uh, on the left wing, although Capo's a, a right winger. It's just it, it's been a bit of a tricky situation to find out where exactly he fits. Does he fit on that right side with Kreider and Zibanejad? Does he fit with Panarin? He's more of a puck-dependent player. So I would actually say that the better fit is the Zibanejad line. But that's just me. That's just what I think. But it'll be interesting to see if he's playing more with Vinny Trocek. And I, for one... Would love to see that because I think I think that's where he's he's going to fit. They're they're going to be more physical and they're going to possess the puck a little bit more. So let me get to some of your comments on this, guys. And how you doing, Granny? And by the way, MJ, you were twelve hours early for the incorrect time, but thank you very much. Yes, uh, yeah, he showed a flash of the pan with a uh, and you know what? I'm 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 on the book. I would actually put. Panarin with Heedle next year, because if Heedle is going to be a shoot for a center, then that's what it's going to, then, because after all, one of our, t two of our Tammy Panarin, uh, sorry, yeah, Tammy Panarin's, two of Arnim and Isimov's best season was with our Tammy Panarin. So I would actually go with him over, over trying to put him with Trocek. Trocek, I think, would grow much better with Panarin. So uh, the Rangers have 
Too many big contracts in the top six. That is right about that. Miller is our superstar in the making. When the time comes, we must lock him up uh, for a long term. Yes. Uh, David Wood is saying he, he wasn't a fit with Kreider. They play a similar game. Look at all the goals. Most of Yeah. And that is a good point. Now, take, for instance, the last goal Kako scored, which was game two of the conference finals versus Tampa Bay. It wasn't the game winner because I think Nick Paul had the goal in the last two minutes, but it was, it was a go ahead goal. And it was, it was in front. It was a subtle deflection. I think Kako's got to work on that wrist shot and a little bit more on that one timer. Look, that guy we saw in all the scouting films, that guy ain't gone. That guy is just coming around and I, it's, there's going to be a lot more to do with that. Uh, Lafay, I believe MJ is going to possibly play the right side. He's volunteering to play the right side right now. So Romanell is saying, "How much cap space do we have left? Do we need to? Do we uh, need about three more million dollars of bonuses? I don't see how we get Mott with only two-ish left in total. That's going to be an interesting situation." Uh, Tyler Mott actually thanked all the fans that supported him on Instagram the other day without saying what his intentions were, and it was just before the Cocker re-signing and this re-signing is coming in less than what a lot of people have expected. I expect at least 2.5. So, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where, where he's going to fit Romanelle. We're going to see about that one very soon. But Chris T is saying, I still don't want to give up on Kako because you know, he'll just take off still not even in his physical prime yet. That is correct. And again, I compare him to Alexei Kovalev and Ty Bertuzzi. Those are two guys that, they're, they took off as soon as you got rid of them. And look what happened. The, the Rangers held on to Chris Kreider. He flourished with a 50-goal season. And Kreider's always been a good player. But this is where he flourished to what fans were hoping he was going to be all the way back in 2015. But, uh, yeah, and I got to agree with that. Uh, Mott, don't go to $2 million on him. And... If you go somewhere, try to be like, wink, wink, we'll try to get you back at the trade deadline. Uh, sorry, a little bit of an itchy eye right there. All right, Davey is saying, uh, did Mott sign with the Rangers? Sorry, I just went, no, 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 there's no word on Mott resigning just yet or anywhere. So it's still not the end of the world. I really like Tyler Mott, but again, as Chris T is saying right there, Mott is replaceable. Again, player that I like, I could say positive things about, but also be critical. That's going to come later on when I'm going to do my editorial later, guys, because there is, I had a moment on Twitter this week that I just went absolutely bonkers with. Um, all right. Uh, MJ, I'm going to get to that one in just a second. But first, let me get to what Mike is saying right here. Kako is a lot like Kovalev. Some complaints from Rangers uh, that he grabs of folding into the puck or, or holding onto the puck too long. Obviously, uh, spell check. Uh, <laughs> Christy, I got to highlight that. But yes, yeah, so if I'm holding onto the puck for too long, yeah. I think, look, I think Kako's starting to adjust to what the North American game is. I know it's hard to say where, first off, we still don't know about that one. And it's after uh, year three, you're like, oh, he's starting to adjust now. But no, it's it, it's it's not just that. It's Kako is, I mean, 
Uh, uh, just me. I'll say that. I'll say on that one in a second. I do think that there is a lot of the Kovalev comparisons you can go with with Kako, and he is starting to understand the game. The other thing is he's growing into his body. He is he is getting bigger and bigger every single day, and it's only a matter of time. But the whole Kako is uh, Kako is just a prime specimen. I still, if the ceiling is Miko Rantanen on him, look out. And he's much more, he's much more than a guy. <laughs> he's much more than a guy that's, uh, that's, that missed that open net in game one. Oh, we could have already won the Carolina series. Okay. The Rangers won the Carolina series. No need to hold it against him. But so we're going to move on from there. We're actually going to the topic that uh, Chris T just brought up which is the silence around John Klingberg and Nazem Kadri. Now, there is a lot of silence. And as it was pointed out to me in a few articles from our Anthony LaRocco, that Kadri's agent cannot con- comment on his contract situation right now. So it's leading Anthony to believe, and stop me if you heard this one before, I'm going to just go right back to what Chris T is saying right there that he's probably an Islander at this point. I don't know that 100%. And I can definitely read the tea leaves and see that. I don't know. I I, I personally don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's looking to either go back to Colorado or go to a contender or playoff team that'll pay him the most amount of money. I think a lot of those offers that came in really lowballed him on a career year. And we're going to see about where he lands. John Klingberg is a different story because if if Kadri signed, let's say Kadri signed with the Islanders, that's what everybody always wants to talk about with him. And oh, well, he signed with the Islanders, but he can't comment on anything. Okay, Lou didn't sign Klingberg. We know this, and it's just the the amount of silence that's around him. I saw a a video this week on Klingberg potentially going to the Vancouver Canucks from a different YouTuber and even he admits that it's a little bit hazy on some of the information, but it's, it's one of those things that I think I, I'm, I'm trying to find out where Klingberg fits. He wants to go somewhere long-term. He's uh, talking about seven or eight years. So he doesn't have his contract situation uh, like hanging over his head. But the thing is he's 29 years old. So a seven-year deal would pay him until he's 36, and a, an eight-year deal, which he's he can't get anymore, would pay him till he's 37. So it's just I, I I don't see I don't see how that would really help him in or help the team he signs in any way because we know that line of delineation happens just a, a around the age of 37, which by the way is both bad news for the. Carolina Hurricanes, who just got Brent Burns. And it's it's if if I'm a team trying to get John Klingberg, I'm trying to figure out what team can even go get him. If you guys could think of any teams, I'd, I'd love to hear. Uh, yeah. All right. There we go. Bundy. Seattle. Yeah, you know what? Seattle could be a good fit for him. Why not? They, they, they're suddenly low on cap space, by the way. I actually never did a poll question today. Uh, so... My bad on that one, but let's get, 
Uh, cap friendly. See what Seattle's uh, cap number is at the moment. It is, they only got about $2 million worth of cap space because I think they've taken on a lot of bad contracts. Oh, everybody's signed for $5 million. Jeez. $5 million for Jordan Everly, Jaden Schwartz, Andre Burakovsky, uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand, uh, Yanni Gord. I, wow. This is, uh, there is everybody assigned. It, every, all their forwards are signed for $4.5 million or more, including Alexander Wenberg. When did he ever earn $4.5 million? And then, oh, maybe his first year. Brandon Tanev is still on IR, so that's going to be another thing that they're going to have to try to figure out. And no, I don't think Seattle fits now that I'm looking at that. So sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Donnell, hey. Yeah, we're, that's and it's 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 just like that. It's Lou keeps everything silent and you can't help but say, OK, where is the advantage in this? So I don't I don't even know. It's yeah. And MJ, you're right. Klingberg is asking for a lot for a defenseman. And. Again, Chris T, that another thing that fits with that, and we keep going back to it, is the extra six, at least five and a half to six million that they have to pay Nate McKinnon. That doesn't help Colorado in any way. I think they're going to hope that Alex Newhook can step up and take that role that McKinnon and that uh, Godry had. I almost said McKinnon again. Even though some of those numbers are coming off the books next year, as in, uh, I think it's JT Comfort and Eric Johnson. I know Eric Johnson's making $6 million. He's in the final year of his deal. But, I mean, who knows? They might want him back. He's going to take a pay cut, but you still got to pay him something. And, Donnell, yes, I actually do very much believe it's a good move. I, I've, gone over, I've gone over this a little bit, uh, and it's just, I think, hands down, Kako's going to be a good player in this league. Now, is it going to be in New York? That's my only question left. And I hope the answer is yes, being, you know, I, you know I, I, I try to remove the word we anytime I talk on here because uh, I am I am a Rangers fan. But I'm also I'm also now trying to be more of an NHL journalist and have some integrity. I know journalism integrity that that goes that doesn't exactly mesh in today's society. You're supposed to be cheering with the pom poms every single time, but still for anything. <laughs> Um, so yes, I do believe it was a good move. <laughs> oh, DP. <laughs> yes, Philip, you're absolutely right about that one. Hey, Gregory, how you doing? Yeah, and I just noticed Seattle, $2 million in cap space. They got $9.9 million in dead cap space because I think they took on a couple contracts. Let's see what their very penalty is. We'll just Ryan. Uh, Ryan Donato. No, they didn't take on any any bad contracts, huh? They didn't pull in Arizona, but they got a lot of picks coming up next year. They got a pick in the first round, three in the second round, two in the fourth round, one in the third round. There's and two in the sixth round. So there's going to be a lot of picks coming up for them. Any event, let's get back to this. And yeah, Philip, like I said before, you're right about that. I need to have cat friendly open all the time. 
especially for the offseason. <laughs> Don't worry. I didn't know that either. I wasn't prepared for that question. It's a great thing about, about when I'm trying to, I try to prep all these things, get the stats on there, get all these chirons going. And then you ask me a question that I wasn't ready for. Then I have to go test it out. But at least it wasn't too silent for all that. Seattle getting Borkstrand and Burkowski. Schultz most likely takes him out of the Bedard sweepstakes. I would say so too. But don't forget the NHL has a lottery, and that's one of the reasons for it. They still want you to go out and try to win. Although, more on Connor Bedard in a little bit. All right. Fanatic is saying that Calgary finds a way to move Monaghan and Shillington uh, for with picks and prospects. Then they can get Kadri to Calgary, maybe even Klingberg, Hannafin. Well, by the way, if that's the case, um, let me finish the rest of this for the uh, the listening audience. Klingberg, Hannafin, uh, Mackenzie Weger, Tanev, Zadorov, and Anderson. That is a solid six defense core. And we talked about this last Saturday during the Matthew Kachuk signing show. Calgary has silently put together a hell of a back, uh, just defensive core. Like, it, it might be elite. It really might be elite. And they might need to do that because they're going to need to make sure they can match up against the Edmonton Oilers. No matter who is on the ice, they can actually... Now, you can't exactly guard Connor McDavid or defend against him, but you can try to, like, at least ward him off. Uh, the old, um, you can't stop him, you can only hope to contain him. <laughs> Romanel was not convinced. Here we go again. No noise means Lou again. How about no noise because the player doesn't want to go or the player is weighing the options. That's another one too. I like that one as well. Uh, talk about Sean Monahan has fallen off a cliff since 2000. Yes. Oh, I've, I've gone over that. If you guys want to go over to, uh, although some of the articles are a little bit old, I did my flames end of the season wrap up. And I thought there was actually a chance Kachuk was going to stay for maybe a year, but they moved him on. And this, it's one of those things I think the Kachuk trade really benefits both teams. And I still think Jonathan Huberdo, MVP candidate, he is going to be, make a hell of a difference. Question is, what does Calgary do to really replace Kachuk? They've replaced Gaudreau with Huberdo, who is just as good if not just as good, if not better than Goudreau. And I don't say that to slam Goudreau in any way. Um, but we'll see about that one. Have you heard about the NHL uh, with Adidas jerseys after? No, I, I haven't even bothered looking that up yet. I will do that afterwards. Actually, I thought they were Adidas right now because the one I have, I believe, is an Adidas jersey. So uh, we'll see about that one. MJ is saying, I think Klingberg will resign in Dallas. That is right about that. And I know I keep uh, wicked saying, I know I keep saying this, but I do not want the Islanders to psych Audrey over 30 years old, had a career year and on a loaded Colorado team, he's due to regress, but you know what? Here's the thing. Is he another matchup center for the Islanders? If it's the Islanders, then I've always said this about the Islanders the last few years, the Islanders look at you and go, we're going to match up against you in every single way. And this is one reason why I wanted the New York Rangers to find somebody like a Vinny Trocek over right over resigning Ryan Strom. But in that case, it was, you, you're going to have to match up in the playoffs and Carolina has two matchup centers 
that they can rely on to shut down the other team's top line, install ends in Sebastian Ajo. Then you have, uh, let's say, let's say you go with the Rangers. Their matchup center is Mika Zibanejad. They need to get away from using Mika Zibanejad in those situations. And that's why, that's another reason why I think Trocek should be on a different line than Panarin and then let Panarin find a different unit to uh, prop up or different guys to prop up. Uh, Philip Peel's really not a great defensive center. He's all right. And I think if you did Trocek, Kako, and I think maybe that's where you start finding like uh, that, the, like maybe a Barkley Goudreau would go on that line and play the left wing and not be on the fourth line. Uh, the fourth line really could use him, but uh, I don't know. But again, matchups, matchups, matchups. If you want to win the Stanley Cup, it's all about matchups. So getting back to Kadri, the the Islanders, they could throw out the, the defensive center on every single shift. And that's Kadri's, Kadri is a tough center to play against. That's exactly partially because you have to keep your heads up. He would he was behaved last year. I am I would be very shocked if he goes two years in a row without a suspension. That's just me. So let me get a couple more of your questions, guys, and then we're going to go to the bar talk segment and want to get you guys involved in the show a little bit more. Uh, Klingberg might have to go back to Dallas on a one-year deal. Yeah, he fired his agent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christy, yeah, no shit. Klingberg sides at Dallas. I mean, here's the other thing. How many teams are looking for a John Klingberg right now? Yeah, that's I don't I you know what I'd love to say that too, but but Monahan's kind of been falling off a cliff. Sigenthal or five year deal. Uh, well, everybody needs the defensive guy. So I'm gonna go yes. Good move. He's found a home in Jersey. There we go on that. And uh wow, you're coming up. Uh, all my partners in crime are gone right now. Phil, uh, Phil is working and uh, Anthony is on vacation. So that is uh, that is that is one thing I I, I didn't want to go a week without a show. So here we are. Oh, uh, it's yeah. Uh, we and Tanev are going to be a great pair. Not a good one. A great pair. Uh, the decor will be very expensive. Yes. And by the way. Uh, more or less than Boston, who's spending $30 million on their deep their decor. Uh, Christian, how you doing? All things are 80s again. Is is that why Calgary and Edmonton are one more? Uh, you know, they're always a good rivalry. And I love it when the rivalries are good, when both teams are good. Especially, like, I that's why I kind of hope the Islanders are going to make the playoffs. It's been... Uh, geez, we're we're coming we're coming up in 28 years is the last time the Rangers and the Islanders actually we're already at 28 years made in the uh, met in the playoffs and the the Rangers crushed them but that was a different story. Uh, so it's always it's always good whenever that can happen. So I, again, it's always better when both teams are good. Or it's also funny when one team isn't as good and or the other team is great and then of course the bottom feeder ends up beating the other ones. And hell, in New York, we just saw it this week. Mets Yankees. Well, that's where both teams are good. That was the other example. That was the other example on that one. All right, guys, we're gonna 
move on. We're going to do a, a little bit of a bar talk segment. And since I don't have a partner in crime, as Donnell pointed out today, the answer is going to be you guys. You guys are going to have to be the partner in crime with me. So get ready to put your answers down below. I figured I'd give this, this a try. And also, I have to mention this. Don't forget to check out Manscaped and their family of products that are right here from the, the guy you had covered from head to toe, from the Weed Whacker to the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. I left mine in the bathroom. I could have brought it out right now. But uh, I, I got to say that it's great. It doesn't nick you in any way, especially in sensitive areas that doesn't want to be nicked. Use code BAH when you check out for 20% off and free shipping. So let's go to the bar talk, guys. I'm going to take a shot on this one. I'm going to say beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh, my God. I know I say it every single week, but I have to redo the intro since Phil has lost a ton of weight. And he doesn't look anything like that anymore. Guys, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you ready to buy everybody around you so confident? Are you so disheartened? Oh, please give me a shot. Or are you like, ah, so-so, I'll have a beer. It'll be all right. And by the way, since it's just me, there we go. No, well, not just me. You're in the comments right now. But uh, since it's just me, I need you guys to throw your beer buying or a shot down below. I guess uh, em emojis, several would be if you're buying, or you can just write it in if you want. Here's our first topic right now. Matthew Robertson will be the New York Rangers sixth defenseman. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one because I think that they're probably not going to want somebody like Nils Lundqvist just to be getting – six defenseman minute times. And I, I was looking at the rest of that decor that's down there waiting. Unless you really get a veteran defenseman on a PTO or somebody to just sign for the league minimum in the next month. I, I, I think Matthew Robinson might be the best option because I, that's just what I, I've always kind of honed in on this guy and thought, I think he's going to be the best guy. We've talked about this several times on the Q&A sessions and I I have to I have to think that it's Matthew Robinson that's the one that's going to be coming out on this. So let me see what you guys think right there. Oof. Wow. I'm getting killed on this one. Chris is saying shots. <laughs> Shot. Um yeah, actually we could say it around. How about that one? And Joe was saying beer and yeah, it's uh it's it's a little bit of iced coffee right now is what I'm drinking. I got to I got to keep it going. Uh yeah, cuz I don't think Jones I don't think Jones is going to be the answer, but Dave's got a good point in right now. Jones has uh Jones has played NHL games and knows Lundqvist was first round pick. Robertson could, but he would have to play much better than the other two. Yeah, and it's a left D that that's what it's got to be. You got to make sure that you get somebody that's going to be on the left D. Dave is chiming in. Shot. See, that doesn't make sense to me. Nils is one of our top prospects. Uh, when is he going to get a chance? Yeah. Oh, dear God. I do not want to see Jared Tenorti ever again. I'd rather see Mark Tenorti. 
his dad play. So <laughs> uh, Gallant wants the size. That's why I think it might be uh, that it, it might be him as well. And music is saying, I really like Jones. He'll have to step up his defensive game. Well, you know what? He was, he was pretty good when he was up last year for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> dear God, no, not again. Not again. Oh. Oh. You know what? I think once he, he's shown some flair about finishing, it depends on where the situations are. He's He's got a great deep move, I think, towards the net. It's just, is that going to be a natural instinct? We'll see about that. He is actually, and, and you're wrong about that. He's made leaps and bounds defensively. I know he was a minus 26 his first season. He has been a plus 12 the rest of his career. Uh, that is that is for sure. And he is this the this, the extra metrics. I was going to say the saber metrics, but I'm pretty sure those are a baseball term. But no, and dear God, Hyatt better not be uh, be in the mix. Absolutely not. All right, we're going to move on, guys. We're going to ask you: the New York Islanders don't need to sign anyone. And uh, I guess Wicked, I'm waiting to see where yours is going to be. Uh, but I'm actually going to say a beer on this one because I think if the Rangers, not the Rangers, if the Islanders did not sign Nazem Kadri like they're rumored to have done, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think they're kind of set with a lot of their positions. Look, I, they needed a premier player I to really quarterback that power play. Now, does that mean that there's out of the trade market for Vladimir Tarasenko or something like that? Probably not. But then again, I mean, Tarasenko asked for a trade last year. It was just a request. And anybody that's worked in the restaurant industry knows you can make requests, but then that's about it on that. All right. So let me see what you guys are thinking with that. Shot team was a fluke. Two short-handed uh, seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brown, they're missing the playoffs either way. Ouch. So, yeah, I, I <laughs> first. By the way, I got I got to highlight two of these. Kako could have uh, hit open net, so he's already better than Strom. And uh, again, Musics is right about that one. Kako is now a defensive forward that's uh, improved greatly. And just play Fox sixty minutes a game. Yeah. All right, but let's get to the rest of these. Uh, they need to sign someone, Gaudreau, Forsberg, Burkowski. Now I'd rather have uh, have them save the cap space. That's right about that. Wicked. Oh, so what is that? Is that a, a shot or a beer? But uh, beer, if they don't sign Kadri, it's because, yeah, Barzell on the first. Yeah. I mean, I think that's – if you don't sign Kadri, that means your Barzell is your center the rest of the way. So no need to worry about that one. All right. Uh, <laughs> who knows what the Islanders are thinking. Is a good is a good question. Uh, well, actually, you know what? There, there's a new arena now, so um. Oh wait, sorry, wait, wait. That's right. Uh, why would anybody want to sign with the Islanders when they could potentially get a new arena every day? So, you know what? Yeah, I mean. UBS is, is completely different. So that's why I think that's right about that one, Matt. Or I think that's, I think it's an attraction thing. Oh, for every five years. Oh, yeah. I, I'll tell you what, uh, these city planners really need to make sure they do their jobs a lot better. Just ask Arizona about that one. 
All right. Shout out the Islanders don't have the depth to compete with the Metro teams anymore. I don't know about that. We're going to find out about that one soon. Uh, they might be. And again, Roman Ellis saying, who knows? And Louie trust and we move on. So there we go. It's a beer. <laughs> all right. Let's go to some better topics on this one. The Pittsburgh Penguins all in is not the right decision. And I'm setting myself up for this one. It's, it's, a, you know, it, I'm buying everybody around on this one. Here's my thinking on this one. And uh, as much as you have Sidney Crosby uh, on your team and still performing at a high level, I think he's only 33 or turning 34 this year, but Sidney Crosby is that good. And you can always load up and try to go the win a Stanley cup every single year with him. However, they have not, advanced past the first round since 2017 and the uh i mean just re-signing malkin to to the deal that he got i think it's uh, i think it was six well let's hang is six years you're 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 getting him jet petrie's on on uh, on on the team and kind of where does he fit when you when you get a guy that's I, I've, I've argued this for the Rangers, and I, I keep going back to this, guys, that if you're trying to say, like, for instance, the Rangers go after Jacob Chikrin, if you're doing this to put Jacob Chikrin on power play too, what's the point? And they went out and they got Jeff Petrie to do what with him? I mean, he's going to be power play two and maybe the second or third pairing? That's really going to help? So uh, I just don't see it. And uh, Penguins fans uh, that that were actually pretty good to talk to when we were in the first round, uh, evaluating games. But I no, it's uh, absolutely not. And now you're on the hook for all these contracts. Good luck. So, and this is where we're all in unison, guys. Uh, well, first, Chris T is saying beer. As long as you have Cindy Crosby, you need to go for it. I feel like a retool on the fly would have been a better option for him. That is what I was thinking as well. Get younger, get faster, get better. Instead, round, round, round. Their goaltender's pretty trashy, bad prospect pool. Sit the kid is carrying the team. And that is absolutely true. Oh, I can't wait for Romanellos. Beer, sometimes you have to make the tough decisions and let people go. And But I get why the Pens... Uh, they let Latang and Malkin retire as pens and they should have retooled though. Here's the thing. I really believe you could give people the retirement treatment. You could say player X, you got, you're here until the day you're done. Unfortunately, I would also have to say you can't do that with every player, especially now in the modern age, Sidney Crosby, I would give him a lifetime deal that simple. You're a Pittsburgh Penguin. You're never going to be anything else. Just like Mario never was anything else. But the Penguins moved on from Yarmir Yager. Keep that in mind in their history. And hell, the New York Rangers traded Brian Leach. Brian Trottier moved on from the New York Islanders. I can go with a lot of greats that if Wayne Gretzky could get traded, anyone can get traded. So let's go with that one. Uh, Dave is saying... Round, I'm all in for uh, I'm all for the pit going all in and spending their first round picks. They will eventually go into a disastrous rebuild and hopefully they'll enter their own dark age. Yes, and I can't wait for this one. Roman L saved keg. <laughs> um, 
I'm paying the barbells on that one. They could have let Malkin go, went and got Kadri, signed Gaudreau, and then let Latang walk, bringing a younger, better D. This was a Yankees-esque last gasp. And yes, because you could see right now there are guys that the Yankees picked up, like Josh Donaldson, that way past their prime. I'm pretty sure I could hit better than Josh Donaldson right now. And not for nothing, I was a 300 hitter when I was uh, when I was playing men's league. Yeah, Brodeur was a blue. That's right about that one, Dave. I need to highlight that for you real quick. <laughs> uh, I don't think he did, but he did. Oh, I have to double check that, but he he did sign a very long term deal. Round, yeah, I don't trust the goaltending, and they're getting older. And by the way, again, uh, Tristan Jari. Yeah, he made the all-star team and he improved, but nope. Sorry about that one, guys. Not really that great. All right, we're going to move on to the next one. Speaking about teams and decisions, the Oilers answered their goaltending questions with Jack Campbell. I I hate to say it like this, and I thought Jack Campbell took some great strides, and it's about time. I don't have to put this in front of Anthony's face, but it's a shock for me. Oh, It look, looks like he's standing on my shoulder right now. Hey, how you doing? But um, I imagine. No, wait, would, would that be the other shot? With the the shot guy, would sound like? Would he be more of a high pitch, like like oh hey, or he be no? I think he'd be more grumpy, be like that. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> um, but no, it's definitely a shot on this one. I am not a Jack Campbell enthusiast, if you want to say it like that. Jack Campbell, good goalie, maybe not great goalie, maybe not a full time goalie. He might be a one A. And I think five years on that, ugh, how is it that Edmonton did not try to trade for John Gibson? I mean, who knows? They might have. And he could have uh, just uh, given him a no to go in there. But and John Gibson would have been a much better answer. I think right now you're talking about a goalie that could have handled the, the load. I, I, don't, I don't see it. Uh, that's the best way to say it is uh, I don't see it. So... All right, let's see what you guys think. Uh, Tristan Jari was an all-star. And eventually the Rangers did buy on Hank, so anyone. But okay. Beery's better than Smith and not and and the other guy. Well, the other guy, Miko Koskinen, anybody or anybody was better than. Uh, so the answer is probably not. Music is saying around. You guys are doing great with these, by the way. Very prompt, and I didn't even have to search all that much. Uh, shot Jack Campbell was horrendous down the stretch and he looked lost in all of his confidence. And yeah, that's something that I pointed out a while ago when we did our bar talk. I want to say it was back in February or early March that the Leafs have a huge goaltending problem. They need to get goaltending at the, at the trade deadline. He had a sub 900 save percentage from December to March. They let him sit for about two weeks on IR and then he ended up having a very good month of april but J jack campbell isn't the answer and hey at least they solved their uh goaltending problems in toronto right so comparatively speaking uh to Koskinen and smith it's around but compared to the other goalies it's just a shot that's what wicked is saying beer not saying campbell is a world beater goalie but he's improvement over mike smith beer on the player shot on the contract <laughs> so it's a mixed drink Oh boy. And is it a good mixed drink? Is it like, you know, um, uh, seven and seven, or is it more like, uh, 
I, I don't know, like sex on the beach or something sissy like. Uh, uh, no, oh, Mike, we're gonna we're gonna get there. And yes, by the way, that's that is right about the Yankees. At least their system has got plenty of players in it. Uh, although again, but by the way, we'll get to baseball in a minute. Music's is saying Campbell is that well-established to, to know for sure. I think, I think you're saying it isn't that well-established to know for sure. It's a gamble. Yeah. You're right about that one. Christy is saying, I think it's, I think they would be better off trading for Georgiev than signing Campbell. I don't know if anybody's better off trading for Georgiev. I mean, again, Georgiev to me is just Miko Koskinen 2.0. As soon as he's off his angles, you know, everybody's everybody is just putting pucks by him. And you've seen that with Georgiev. As a matter of fact, you saw it in the Edmonton game. He got beat on that long shot by Paul Yarby. And the next thing you know, it, he was good the first half of that game. He got beat by the long shot. It was a slap shot by Paul Yarby. And after that, it was it, he was a sieve. And then, of course, there was the Connor McDavid play, which – the guy's one on four. Georgiev backs up into the net, which we know that a lot of guys do. Uh, let me see. Uh, Benoit Lair gets a lot more guys to play back in their net, but Georgiev should have come out on that one. Joe is saying, Beer, Campbell had one good stretch, but seems very inconsistent. And I've noticed all oh, that he can't stop a, a, a deflected puck at all. Yeah. Well, by the way, one thing to mention is he was great, and I do mean great, in games five, six, and seven for the Leafs. But that game four play that it sh- – um, I'm trying to remember who on Tampa Bay it was that shot it. might have been Braden Point. I'm not sure. He shot it. It hit his glove, and it went into the net anyway. And he looked at his glove like a baseball player that just made an area going, how the hell did that miss the glove? Was there a hole in it? There wasn't a hole in it. There's just not a – you just should have made the stop. Yes, that's right, isn't uh, All right. I think uh, Toronto goaltending will be surprisingly good, especially if Murray stays healthy. That's a big if, Dave. That's a big if. Uh, I think I, – I, all right, here's the thing. And and as Romanel is kind of and, – and Joe is saying right here, that's a big if because uh, Samsonov needs – to be focused because you can see what happens when he's not focused. He ends up giving up the game winning goal to, uh, I think it was, it wasn't Riley Smith. It was uh, one of the other Smiths that was on Boston. And uh, that was terrible. That was terrible. That's the one that he left uh, the drop pass behind the net in 2020. And uh, Matt Murray hasn't been healthy in a long time. Matt Murray hasn't played 39 games in a season in four years. I think it is. So, it's, I don't think it's going to happen. Let's move on to Andrew Brunette will be the devil's coach by Christmas. And not only am I buying around everybody, but I'm going to tell you, it's going to be Thanksgiving. The devils, I have been predicting this all year. And I even said it in my devils write up on big apple that I don't think Lindy Ruff is going to be the coach that long this season. And one reason why Andrew Burnett is in, and he's a better candidate for the Devils than he is for the team that he just won the President's Trophy with, is the team that he won the President's Trophy with wants to win the Stanley Cup, 
he still has to develop as a coach. And we saw that in the second round where he just had no answers for everything that John Cooper threw at him. And a, a president's trophy team being out in four with two power play goals in the entire playoffs, that's not good. Out in four in the second round, but they should look, here's the truth. They could have been out in the first round too. The Washington Capitals missed the empty net. I believe it was TJ Oshie missed the empty, the empty net. Forgive me if I'm wrong on that one, but it's, it's just, uh, Brunette will fit the devils a little bit more. And even though he's going there to be an assistant right now, I think he's the perfect guy to go right into that position and try to lead this young team. Guy was a great leader. By the way, Andrew Brunette scored the final goal on Patrick Waugh. That was in the uh, 2001 playoffs. I think it was the 2001 playoffs. It was, uh, no, yeah, was it? Uh, it was one of the playoff series. I can't remember which one it is. <laughs> anyway, let me see what you guys are thinking with this one. All right. Wow. We got a lot on this one. Oh, uh, well, by the way, their division is, is, is improving. I'll say, I'll say that when the Baltimore Orioles are almost 500, Yankees actually have uh, the same record as the Orioles since June 1st, by the way, beer, uh, beer on the play. Uh, we're still on the goalie right there. But anyway, round on that one. Round on that one. I'm not a believer in rough anymore. Wicked, you're right about that one. Uh, Murray seems to lose focus in um, in important parts of the game. By the way, Murray as a whole. Whoop. <laughs> Just lost my um, my voice screen. This is what happens when you talk too much. You need to tie in descent. Murray's always had a hole right here. And if you watch a game against the Dallas Stars, they exploited it against them when I think it was 2017 is when it happened. But round on that one. Um, I'm going to hold off on that one for a minute. For the Jennings Trophy, I don't know. Hard for me to put too much credit on a, on a, on a 37-year-old backup goaltender, but I think he's going to be steadier and more of a backup than uh, – than uh, uh, Georgiev is, who was pouting on the bench when we saw him. Round right there. That's the entire reason why he's here, and I believe you on that one. And also, Beer, because he's a perfect guy for this this young team. And again, that's Andrew Burnett. That's that's why he's he's there. I got 35 of you guys watching right now. Uh, our audience is a little bit down, possibly because some idiot scheduled it for 11 p.m. So... Uh, <laughs> Let's let's move on to the next thing. Um, here's one here's one for you. This is a little bit of I don't want to say it's stretch, but it's going to be easy to believe. Connor Bedard will be a Philadelphia Flyer. I'm only going to say beer. Um, they're going to be in the top five of the chances to go get Bedard, the Bedard, Bedar, Bedard, and. I, 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 they're definitely going to be in the sweepstakes for him. I can almost see the NHL rigging the envelope, but who knows? Maybe Arizona finally wins a lottery. They, they miss out on McDavid. They miss out on Wright. The funny part is they missed out on Wright and then they end up passing on him. Okay. You're going to have to make sure he's, he, he might make you pay for that. I really hope Logan Cooley is a really good player. 
But uh, the the thing about that is, I think they're they're looking at Connor uh, Connor Bedard. I keep wanting to say Connor McDavid, just it's it's been too ingrained in my brain. But the Philadelphia Flyers will definitely be in the mix. It's going to be them. I'll say the Kraken as like an edge team, like number five or six. Uh, I got to think about the bad teams right now. Is Ottawa going to be as bad? That's that's going to be a good question. Buffalo, they could be better too. Uh, but the Flyers are definitely going to be a bottom-feeding team this year. And I think John Tortorella is a great coach. I think he is in way over his head on this one. This Chuck Fletcher will be fired soon. I, I don't know when, but he's Chuck Fletcher is not making it to the next draft. That is for sure. Uh, that's absolutely. And if it is Bedard, it's not going to be him announcing the pick. I'd be shocked if he announces the pick. As we've, I think Romanell is the one that said it on our uh, Johnny Gaudreau podcast, which was that the the Flyers basically decided to re-sign Raspis Ristolainen and pay Tony D'Angelo $5 million. So they chose those two guys over Johnny Gaudreau. That's that's just what I got to say about that one. Uh, let's see what you guys are thinking on this because I, I think it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> um, anybody know? I will answer that one for you in a little bit. I'm going to star that one for you, Chris. But yeah, I die if that happens. Uh, that would be horrible. Please let it be the Ducks or Arizona. Keep them there. No way to tell that there's a lottery. That is right. There is no way to tell on that one. And, you know, it's, it's, and again, as Dave is pointing out right now, it's always a beer or a shot if Arizona is, is in the league. Well, the other problem is Arizona, they were trying to tank for McDavid. They were trying to tank for, uh, they were trying to tank for everybody in the last couple of years. But you know what? I can't even, it, this is, I'm just going with your inkling on this one. Montreal might be bad, by the way. Montreal, thank you, Wicked. I couldn't think of whether or not Montreal is going to be bad. But you know what? They were a better team under Marty St. Louis, so we're going to see about that one. MJ is saying beer. Yes, they will get Bedard. The Flyers team is so bad. Hart will fail this year. Sorry, Hart. Carter Hart, oof. I mean, going from highly touted prospect to actually putting up good numbers in, I think it was his second or third year, and then just he has fallen off a cliff. I don't know. Philadelphia, the goalie graveyard. Always always the way to say it. And I'm not saying that to offend the city of Philadelphia or anything. It's just they're, they're goalies. You can get a good year out of them, and then they're done. I mean, look at the 90s. They, I believe they had seven different starting goaltenders from 1996 in the playoffs, I should say. Seven different playoffs. It might even be more. Uh, I'm just running them down in my head. Actually, here, we, we got a second. Why don't I do that for you? Garth Snow, Ron Hextall, uh, John Van Beesbrook, uh, uh, Sean Burke, Robert Ash, Atiran Anamaki, Roma Monik, Brian Boucher. Did I get the seven yet? I mean, that, I mean, that, that might be a 10-year span, but still. Uh, tanky teams really get what they want. That is true on that one. Uh, by the way, Chicago is another one. I forgot about Chicago trying to, because Chicago's trying to tank. Uh, <laughs> he's going to Chicago. He'll be a Blackhawk. Uh, 
They need to rig that envelope to get him to go. Oh, hey, Chris T. There's one out of nowhere. Wild card. Bedard is going to Winnipeg. How about that one? Um, and out of the box pick, David Wood is saying is Minnesota. That could be a, a good one. Minnesota, if they are leapfrogged by uh, Nashville this year, look for them to, to fall all the way down. Ice coffee. So it's always a good thing. Again, I'm I need some of this to wake me up. But walking Beth Page Black. If you guys haven't done it, oof. <laughs> it takes a lot out of you. Hawks will have the worst record in the NHL this season. I can't wait to see how Torts and Hayes get along or Torts and Tony D. Um, as I said on the NHL Snipes video that I did, everybody around the league could be looking over and go, This is the greatest show. <laughs> and it will be it will be and by the way if they pittsburgh just ends up missing the lottery yeah why not they already rigged the lottery once uh zona it, zona has to win a lottery at some point i agree with you on that but carter hart peaked in the bubble in the playoffs with that uh 54 save game against the islanders that is right arizona arizona is so bad they tanked a new arena and ended up on a college campus. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting, the atmosphere that they end up creating on there. And it could be a success. I'm hoping to go see a game there next year. Because uh, eventually I'm going to go visit family. Uh, yeah. Well, Leighton was, um, Leighton was 2020. And by the way, if you remember, they started three goalies during that stretch. And came back from a 3-0 playoff deficit. Still couldn't believe that was the case. Philly doesn't have a Bernie who can make scrubs into all-stars. That's right. And in Hart's defense, AV doesn't exactly preach defense. A Hart should be a lot better with Torts the coach. Well, that, I mean, that's going to be the thing. Is Torts is going to end up knocking the Flyers out of the Carter, uh, the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. That might not be a good thing for them either. But we'll see about that one. There's still talent in, in there's still talent in Philly. It's just a question of what's going to be there. Two more for you guys, and then I'm going to get the editorial. I want to do some Q and A and conversation. But the Calgary Flames will not flip Jonathan Huberdo. That's going to be an interesting case. Now, when I say not flip, I mean that they're not going to trade him at least until the trade deadline. And or you know what? Let's say that they signed to an extension. Well, let's do that. John Huberto will end up signing an extension with Calgary. I think he's going to go there and he's going to be incredibly successful and he's going to see what they got. Daryl Sutter, if they decide to hold on to Jonathan Huberto, they might be able to make a real case for him and Mackenzie Weger to stay there. And then they get two superstars that that they weren't expecting. Or Mackenzie Weger is a budding, great defenseman. Uh, there was a survey done... Uh, on Twitter, more on that later on, a different survey that was done that really infuriated me. And the the thing about it is Mackenzie Weaver, Weaver was basically a top 20 defenseman. And yeah, and he's he's going to be on that team. That, that team's going to be so good. It, it, it actually is there. And he, don't believe me. I picked them to win the Stanley Cup. Yes, they lost 200 point scores. That's going to hurt. But... If they're with their philosophy is keeping the puck out of their net and Sutter can do that, 
that's what's going to happen with that. So we're going to see about that very soon. Let's go to what you guys have to say. So uh, Leighton was 20. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think Leighton actually gave in. <laughs> uh, I love it that Dominic just chimed in just to get the Justin in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Um. You know what, Mike? I'm going to come back to that one later. I like that one. We'll discuss that. And don't worry, we're still talking about DQ. Uh, that's going to be in the uh, that's going to be in the Q and A. But uh, beer, they better try to sign him first if they don't want him at all. I think round. I think they're going for it. And I, but I think he'll resign. Uh, you don't think he'll resign? Uh, but the Flames would be smarter to flip him if he flat out tells him no. But that's what he's going to do. He's probably going to tell him right there. Shot, why would you trade uh, Hubie? He's going he's gonna to be a very successful player in Calgary. Watch him spend the rest of his career there. I think there's absolutely a case. We got a new one, Water. <laughs> uh, they will absolutely trade him at the deadline. $5.9 million is a rental. Anyone can bring him in. That's a first-round pick plus. But I think that's the thing, Romanelle. I don't think you can sell to Calgary fans that you lost Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk and all you get back was a couple of flimsy first-round draft picks. And especially by a first-round draft pick by a playoff team, so it's in the bottom 16, not the top 10. That's why I think if if they do trade them, it's going to have to be to a team that's uh, sort of a bottom feeder with an extension in place, so that way you can get more out of him. Or they, they eat up everything. Brown, their window is now. You don't flip them unless you're going to rebuild. They're still a good team. That is right there cj how you doing this is my first time seeing you uh i am an islanders fan and first many of us do not trust lou we don't need country i i want us to trade for timo meyer actually timo meyer i think well first up by the way timo meyer is a guy that a lot of people would want to trade for let me check you on his contract situation for a second i know i'm taking you away from some of the other things yeah timo meyer yeah $6 million left and an RFA and a five-goal team next year. Uh, <laughs> I, Mark, should go to Cal uh, Mark should go to Canada and try to get a picture with Trudeau and Huberto together. Yes, because as I said, that's the reason why the Justin came out of my mouth when I said that. Florida Panthers' future, honestly, isn't as bright as it was last season. They have no first. Their decor is miserable. I would honestly try to trade a guy like Sam Bennett for a top four guy. Yes, I agree with that one. And by the way, it's, um, you know what? Yeah. I, I'm just going to say it like that. Just, yeah. The, the Panthers are in win all, win now mode and hell, hell be damned. I don't know how much dead weight Ryan Reeves is until next year, but they're probably going to move on from him after next season. Um, but yeah, so it'd be $1.7 million to go sign Tyler Mott. Joe was saying one more time, beer, Huberdosh will stay and resign. The Flames will be a playoff team and just probably get in. And if they just get in, they might be good enough to, to win more than just that. So I have the itchiest nose for somebody that doesn't partake in certain activities. Uh, and Tommy, I think you're right about that. I like the Kako Bridge deal. But yeah, Christy, we we're saying before, I don't think Mott is in as a two million dollar player. That's just no, absolutely not. 
So, uh, I, I Tarlemont's previous season. Let's go back to it. Uh, and this time I do have cap friendly open. Tyler Mott, his previous contract was um, $1.2 million. So I think even going to $1.5, maybe a little bit more, is, is probably where he's going to be targeting on that. I never gave you guys a poll question. My apologies on that one. And if you're watching this for the first time, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe because, after all, that's what we do here. We do hockey talk all year round and – we never really take much time off. We had some time off at the end of March, but that was because schedules were changing. We were trying to figure out exactly how we were doing everything, which, by the way, reminds me of our final bar talk uh, topic. The NHL offseason is the best offseason. And I'm actually going to say I'm going to buy everybody around on this. For the most part, this season is a little bit of an ab aberration. I don't know what you guys think. But I'm actually going to say this. Stay there. I'm actually going to say this. The best part about the NHL offseason is that it's condensed. It makes it a little bit more difficult to be an NHL podcaster trying to make up videos throughout the year because uh, you're just dealing with rumors and silence from the second week of July on. But the truth is, you know something? It's uh, I, I like how most moves are done by second or third day of free agency. Now, we've been fortunate enough with this podcast so far that we had late free agency when it came last year, and then there was the news of Henrik Lundqvist retiring and Rod Gilbert, because you kind of have to, like, fish for news when it comes to July and August. But I kind of like the fact that it's condensed. And, like, take, for instance, with baseball, you had guys like Bryce Harper that didn't sign until February one year, or even Prince Fielder or a couple other players, you're waiting for them to sign. You're waiting for them to sign. And then, oh, they sign. It's like, there's, there's a little bit more of, um, there's a little bit more, not, not so much a deadline, but it's there. There's a little bit more consistency with the NHL off season. And the fact that, you know, when the, you know, when the draft is, you know, what free agency is, and then that's it. But let me see what you guys think right over here. NHL with the best off season. Uh, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be, oof, Tommy, I am saving that comment right there. Uh, Mike, Mike is saying hockey is a sport with the longest season of your, uh, of your team doesn't suck. And then the off season can be the soonest as exciting as it comes. So yes, he is saying round and, uh, I think it's getting more exciting. It happens so fast. There are more games in other countries, and that makes rumors fresh. Good free agency movements, not like MLB, where it's the exact opposite. Yes, because after all, I mean, you got guys in Major League Baseball like Scott Boris, who he will wait until opening day to sign the contract if he, if he has to. He waits for the best deal, and that's what he always does. Um. Well, okay, well... We're going to go, we're, we're going with some uh, Tyler Mott conversation right now. So I'm just going to say this. Oh, and by the way, yes, CJ, I do have to mention that. I'm actually going to, we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to wrap up the bar talk right now. Just so that way we can get right to 
some of these other ones because I do have an editorial for you guys today because something that drove me nuts this week and I let the guys know it's going to take some people off. But again, everybody, thanks very much for joining this interactive edition of Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk where we got to get what your thoughts were first and foremost. And then uh, hopefully you'll hear more from us next week when we have Anthony on with me. And we are also going to have an interview again with Jacob Slavin of the Carolina Hurricanes. Can't wait for that one. We have a lot more endorsements to come, possibly from a New York Islander, a Russian New York Islander at that. So uh, there's we're an exciting time for us and for the podcast. Can't wait for more on that one. And also I should have the retrospective of one of my favorite Simpson episodes of all time, Lisa on ice. And it's just, it's always one of my favorite ones to watch. And also don't forget to like, share, subscribe to big apple hockey and the face that I have. That's right there. Uh, and also I have to also mention in once again, uh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get more sponsors one day guys. Because right now, we're just affiliates on this one. But go check out Manscaped. Use uh, promo code BAH for Big Apple Hockey for 20% off for, uh, well, 20% off and free shipping on the product. So, can't I, I can't, again, I can't say enough for Manscaped. Good stuff. Fortunately, I'm not really that, uh, I'm kind of hairless. So, that's always a good thing. So, uh, let's stay. And by the way, Mike said it was a round on that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna do we're we're gonna do the Tyler Mock conversation real quick and then go over to uh, that news that CJ just brought up about John McClain being there. But we'll start with this one. Tommy is asking when has Mott scored any big goals? He's a very good penalty killer, and that was about his biggest strength. I want him to be reassigned too, but he's not a three million dollar player. Okay, I agree with you on that one. He's not a three million dollar player. But that's where uh, uh, Joey came back with this one, that Tommy was a beast in the bubble for the Canucks, just like Barkley Goudreau was for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, you're right about that one. And he was really good because those play- the Canucks won a playing round, another round, and then almost upset the uh, the the Las Vegas Golden Knights, that was the team everybody was predicting was going to win er, win it all, and they didn't because after all, I mean it was, I mean they got everybody was getting as they said in the bubble Demcode, so just remember Thatcher Demko was definitely the biggest part of that. But yes, you're right about that. Tyler Mott scored some big goals, and let's not forget about this one for the New York Rangers. He scored a big goal in Game Six to help knock off the Carolina Hurricanes. And he was a huge part of the New York Rangers when he came back, I believe it was game six of the first round. And he was very noticeable that entire series. The rain, you win the Stanley cup with guys like Tyler Mott and proof positive. Check out Vancouver Canucks Twitter right now. They are going absolutely, absolutely crazy trying to get him back. And CJ was mentioning I forgot to mention that the Islanders just signed John McClain as an assistant coach, and he was an assistant to San Jose last season. I wonder if that would help us trade for Timo Meyer. Well, it wouldn't. It wouldn't um, hurt. But I'll tell you this: it's definitely Lou getting his guy back, and probably the one I would have to tell you that's that's probably one of those guys that you look at a franchise, and when a general manager has to let a guy go, 
that's that's one of those things he didn't want. Trying to remember when McLean was the coach. Was it 2013 when Lou had to go down there with the co-coaches when it was uh, – sorry, 2014, I think it was. Lou went down one of the seasons with the Devils, and he had co-coaches. It was Adam Oates and Scott Stevens. That's a little bit of a weird thing. It's good to have an assistant coach. I, co-coaches is a different story. And Lou was actually on the bench. It was one of the many times Lou has fired a coach and gone on the bench himself. I believe it's three in total, but and twice he was the head coach. So it's it's one of those things. I don't think he ever wanted to fire John McClain. I think he's got a great relationship with John McClain, but it just it is what it is. We'll see whether or not. That has an effect with the Islanders, both good and bad. John McClain, a hockey lifer, I mean, former Ranger, former Devil. And uh, trust me, definitely former Devil. And I did not like John McClain as a New York Ranger. Good guy. Good guy. It's just, you know, it's, it's one of those things I rooted against him for so long. Now I have to root for him. But uh, overseas hockey coverage has gotten better. That's what Mike is saying. And Tommy is saying, and anybody want to letter Kenny say with me on this right now? To be fair. So I didn't watch him on the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, hard cap plays into it as well. You don't sign quickly. You can get left out with a good deal. That's right about that. Do you remember Petrangelo? Uh, that goal. Uh, is that a goal he scored on Petrangelo? Yes. Actually, yeah. That was a great goal. Um, not to beat a dead horse. Uh, Lou is at market. And now... We're, we're, we're getting to DQ, DQ bashing time. There's there's a different New York Rangers topic I, I have to get to before we get to DQ bashing time. But uh, around Petrangelo, I like how he deked and uh, deked him out shorthanded. Yeah. Ole Kavasha. Yeah, remember him? Oh, Ole Kavasha. <laughs> Actually, Ole Kavasha was Russian. And yeah, and it's uh, just me saying this one. That Mott's value isn't in the goals that he scored. The thing about Mott is when he replaced Blay, pretty much. That said, I still want him back. Can you imagine a fourth line of Tyler Mott, Sammy Blay, and Ryan Carpenter? That could be a hell of a fourth line, or even Berkeley Goudreau centering that line, and that that could always be be a very good thing. Uh, uh, I'm gonna read this one. It's it's uh, I'm gonna disagree with you in a second. Goche has the same uh, has the, has some size and speed. Blah-blah-blah. Goche has size and speed. If he can become a defensive forward with low hockey IQ and hands of stone might not be so bad, but Goche's uh, days, I think as a New York Ranger are going to be very limited. I don't know it, what his contract situation is as far as if it's two way or not, but I don't think he will be playing many games for the New York Rangers for the rest of his career. And mark my words on that one, because here's the other thing you better develop or there are guys coming in. That'll, that'll, uh, that'll take your position. That's that's why you can never be complacent in sports because every day there's somebody that is developing their game to take your spot. So when it comes to say, because uh, I'm trying to remember what uh, what Berard's name is, uh, but yeah, Brennan Hoffman, who's almost ready to come up already. He's only only been in one year at OHL, but I mean, Will Cooley looks like he could be the real deal as far as uh I don't I don't and I don't know which line you're playing him on but he's he's got size he's got strength and he's got moxie and those are three things you love to see 
Dominic is saying more sponsoring. Uh, it's like the 90s, a 40-minute NHL uh, highlight show on a German station, but 25 of them were commercials. No, nah, we're never, we're never going to get that big, but we are going to try to be fast with our sponsorship. Uh, I will say uh, it is actually, I think Anthony hinted at it the other day. I'll say it again for you guys. There's 31 of you watching right now. It's Alexander Romanov. We'll be doing a, um, a, 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 some work with him very soon. So uh, can't wait for that one. Um, possibly getting some more guys in there. Uh, I don't know where the back was, but uh, we'll get on that one again. MJ swear to God, a blaze can't play a full season just for, or yeah, you know what? It'd be nice if he can never once played, but also, but here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing. It's, he, he plays that style and it wasn't even this season that killed him because he was, he was throwing a hard check or something and got injured. He got, he got injured on a slew foot. So who knows? Maybe he might be there. Romanelle is saying every time I hear John, well, it's John McClain. I know what you're saying right there. Spell check. Damn it. Uh, I think die hard and you should because, because McLean McLean. So that was my attempt to try to do a little bit of Hans Gruber. Shoot the puck. Uh, and there it is. See, the spell check got you the first time around. I would love it if Boyd Shuck or Charo would become a defensive coach for us. Even uh, You know what? Still wouldn't be a bad idea. By the way, CJ, how about this one? Since Charo is still technically active, he is the last active player to face the Toronto Maple Leafs in the second round. I saw that stat the other day, and I just went, oh, my God. That's, that's unbelievable. So... Here we go. Uh, Gauthier is the worst finisher I've ever seen, even though it was truly remarkable in how fast uh, the break of the uh, puck gets off the stick. Yeah, he's, he's just not that great. I think we should give Brzezinski another shot. I would like to see him uh, on a short sample size. Yeah, but the thing is, again, I just I think Brzezinski, he's sort of like that quadruple A player, to use the baseball term. But it's it's going to be interesting on that one. All right, if Kaka struggled again, he'll be easy to move at the deadline. Yes, that's what that's one thing. If they decide to move Kako, it's going to be interesting because it's definitely going to be a change of scenery trade. That's what I'll think. I'll say with that one. It's why the Canes got rid of Gauthier. Yeah, and Gauthier was supposed to be Chris Kreider insurance, and. As usual, not so much the case. Uh, I think Cooley this season, Ottman next season. Love to see Ottman get uh, the reps at center and Flint. Yeah, and I, you know what? That's one of the one of the OHL uh, franchises in the states. I gotta go check that out. Possibly check that out with a uh, the trait game in there. And. I mean, he'll be easy to move regardless where he plays. Yeah, I mean, well, Kako, definitely. I mean, but again, you're talking about the contract. Contract is very movable. $2 million? I think everybody could get on there. Mike is reminding everybody something that I should be doing, which is always to tell you guys to uh, like, subscribe, and hit the bell. The bell is useful when you need to listen because there's some moron that accidentally put on the wrong hours. (laughs) <laughs> yes, let's spread that BAH virus. I would like to get like as an old man just saying, bah. That would be like a good thing. Got to lean into that a little more. 
You know what? I'd love to get Alexei Kovalev. We're going to be working on that one. Dominic, thank you very much. Um, Warren, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Um, I'm going to say best Christmas movie is still a Christmas story. Although I did a list of the best Christmas movies ever. And a Christmas story was number one. Uh, this is back when I used to do an entertainment blog. I think I deleted it recently, but uh, there was a couple other good articles I had on there, which is why video game movies have never worked. And, but getting back to this one, uh, I think I had Die Hard at number three. I called it a Christmas movie and I had It's a Wonderful Life at number two. So, uh, Gauthier needs to represent, uh, needs to be sent to Harvard. Uh, uh, Gauthier needs to be sent to Hartford to see a full season to determine his future. Char is awesome. I was mad when we signed him, but total 360 for me. He's a great person and really helped develop Dobson. He would be a great defensive coach. CJ, I think I actually agree with you on that one. I I, I think he would be a good defensive coach. <laughs> jingle, jingle all the way. You know what? Oh, that's a that's not a bad one. It's good to see Schwarzenegger outside of uh outside of action movies, although Here's a good one for you guys. What's the best Schwarzenegger movie? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with T2, but Predator's right there, and Total Recall. So, uh, jingle all the way. Hate Loppy switching to the left wing. Have Kreider move, and it wouldn't be a bad decision to move to move Kreider to the right because he he's flip flop, and when he went to the off wing, he was even he was scoring more goals that way. Because Chris Kreider, the one thing, if you look at his game, and I still have to make this video, I've been pledging to make this video since April, so sorry about this, is if you look at his 50 goals, you know, it, he he used to love taking that short side wrist shot on the left wing. This time he moved to the right wing, and he was it just opened up his wrist shot even more. So, uh, well, see, this is the reason why you ask tough questions like this one. Elf is a great Christmas movie and uh, is the greatest Christmas movie ever. And we'll be taking comments. Thank you. Um, I would love to see Crider named Captain Chris T, but I think one thing the Rangers have sort of established is that they aren't going, I don't think they're going to name a captain. I think they're, they're not going to name a captain out of respect for the other guys in the room. For instance, uh, they don't want to put it on Crider because it might be, uh, Kreider doesn't want it to worry about his feelings for Zabanajad. Zabanajad doesn't want to take it because of his feelings for Kreider. It goes back and forth and back and forth. So we're going to see about this one. Die Hard is just a great movie. I can watch that at any time. And yes, Predator. Predator still just, you get that. And again, I, when I mentioned, you want to talk about great Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, there's a ton of them. But there's... I mean, I mentioned Total Recall. Total Recall, the original, and that bullshit Colin Farrell one, is is just it's 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 amazing. And at the end of it, you you're still wondering whether or not it's a dream. Although they do answer that at the very end, because uh, there's a reason why there's a light flashing at the end, in case if anybody doesn't want to know. But it does give the most Schwarzenegger line: "Get to the chopper, get to the chopper." All right. <laughs> yeah, the bullshit Colin Farrell one is much closer to the book, but I got to say it's um it, it's uh I know the Philip Gate Dick story of uh I we can sell you memories for wholesale. Uh you or you can remember it at wholesale. 
uh, at a wholesale price or something like that. Christy, I got to argue about this. No, no, not argue about this. I got to agree with this. Sorry. I mean, how is it Schwarzenegger is not manning into a Fast and Furious movie? Donnell, I'm going to say, uh, since I am a huge Spider-Man fan, which I thought I had something up around here, but I do not. Uh, huge Spider-Man fan. I'm definitely an MCU guy, but the MCU is losing me at a drastic, drastically high-paced rate. They need to come in and and do it. So, uh, like, there's a, the, the best movie from the MCU the last few years is Spider-Man No Way Home, and they didn't have much control over that. They're they're not telling the stories. They're not telling they're not telling good stories. That's what it really comes down to. I'll say it like that. They're just not telling good stories. And I still think the best MCU take the event movies out of the way is uh, is probably Captain America Winter Soldier. can watch that at any time. And there's a lot of great, good early MCU movies. There's, even Phase 3 has got some great ones. I mean, Captain America uh, Civil War was a great one because it at least put everything on there. But... I just actually got some huge news about something else, but I will get that, uh, get to that in a second. Uh, by the way, that's not hockey related. Sorry. That's personal related. Just, just there's, uh, that's a long story. I can't explain that one. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, pumping iron. Jesus. Uh, fast movie. Yeah. has been bad. Well, by the way, I'm glad you said that because it's it, so many movies like this now are out there nowadays where I go, that movie was awesome. Somebody says it sucked. And the first words out of my mouth is I can understand because I thought the new Batman was fantastic. It's film noir as a Batman story. Um, hey, guys, by the way, I did say I have an editorial that I have to get to and it's it's going to fire some people up. So please. Uh, bear with me on this and what my thinking is. Let's get this down. Let's do a quick episode of On the Mark. This prediction that's right up here. Uh, being single most of my life. I just yell at Larry Brooks like every other New York Ranger. <laughs> All right. Well, here's something that just drove me absolutely bonkers the other day. And I do mean the term absolutely bonkers. Because I was on Twitter and somebody put up this. It was a survey. Which player leaving was the hardest on you for New York Ranger fans? Pablo Buchnevich, John Rattel, Matt Zuccarello, or Mark Messier? And you can read my reply below that. Um, I do say I can understand Zook, but I've gone over this numerous times, and I've said these words over and over and over again. It doesn't matter if I like the player, I could still be critical. But did I miss Pavel Buchnevich's legendary career? He actually comes out ahead of Mark Messier on that survey or even close. Let's go with that survey again because it's still driving me crazy just even thinking about it. 11%, 11 freaking percent. Messier's got 18. Everybody votes for Zook. And yeah, Zook's, a, Zook's very likable, but Zook was in a rebuild. And it was just something that just drove me absolutely. You can see it's actually driving me crazy right now. Mark Messier leaving in 1997 was one of the worst breakups in NHL history. And if you don't believe me, 
I'm not just doing it to plug one of our old videos. It's one of our first top tens that we did. But check out the top 10 worst breakups in NHL history. And I believe I have Messier at seven. And it's just one of those things that I still can't help but just, just say, do people know what Mark Messier was to this franchise? Now, I'm also critical of Messier because after he left, the guy that came back, meh, he was, he was okay. The, it, it, look, that breakup definitely cost the Rangers another shot, possibly at a Stanley Cup, because the team was built with Messier in mind. Instead, it ended up being Pat LaFontaine on his final season and Brian Scrutland, and that team bombed out miserably. I like Pavel Buchnevich. I really do. But did I, I missed him scoring the Stanley Cup winning goal. Messier literally won the Stanley Cup for the New York Rangers. And 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 18%? Messier, first of all, the fact that Messier is so far behind all the rest of those guys. And like I said in my comment that John Van Beeswerk wasn't on the list. Brian Leach was fucking traded. Brian Leach. You know, speaking about guys that won the Stanley Cup, Brian Leach, the only American defenseman to win the Conn Smythe. But no, I understand. Different generation. Everybody's a little bit younger, but have some concept. At least some people were able to say John Rattel to 5%, which by the way, that trade, it's still, that was number 10 on our trades because it was the other guy that came back, Bill Esposito saying, if you tell me I got traded to New York, I'm going to jump out the window. And Don Cherry then looks over to Bobby Orr and says, Bobby, open up the window. So it's, but again, like, like, I really liked Pavel Buchnevich. If they did not have Kako and Lafreniere in the wings, that's one story. And everybody, get I'm 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 ready to get you for you guys to roast me. I know you're going to be doing it to, to me in a second. But everybody, Pavel Buchnevich, yeah, he had two 20 goal seasons. One of them was a half a year. Other than him scoring a hat trick on his birthday, what's the memorable Pavel Buchnevich moment that puts him ahead of Mark fucking Messier? Or Brian Leach, or or a ton of different guys. It is it is just mind boggling to me. Please, you know what? I know I got twenty three comments I have to get to. Please, everybody, throw them up in the comments right now. Tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me that you disagree with me. And 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 don't give me the fact that he was good on St. Louis. They had two top overall picks that they have to that they had to work on. Now, did they work on them? No, not really. But still. Again, it's just I, I don't understand this this level of deity that we're treating Pavel Buchnevich with when the Rangers have had so many other players leave this organization. And even, like I said, even Matt Zuccarello, his likability was off the charts, but it was a team that was rebuilding. They had a second round pick, which is Matthew Robertson, I believe that's what it became. It could have been a first round pick, you know, damn you pat maroon and the rangers are forced to do some things but in this particular case again i'm up to 30 comments i got a lot of comments of people that are probably hating on me at the moment can't wait to see this one so all right let's go uh so am i wrong did i miss the the pavel buchnevich hall of fame tour like it's it it, it just boggles my mind and i'm not alone so Let's go to some of these. Uh, although, good thing we have, and yes, Winter Soldier was definitely the best one. Uh, well, 
the X-Men 3 is a different one. Entertain yeah, Civil War was a little bit ridiculous, but it was right on there. Um, okay, yeah. Messier. Messier, just remember Dave Checkett saying, How long do I have to pay for the 94 cup? And then eventually Messier just said, Screw this, I'm out of here. Totally blindsiding the Rangers. And then it was sort of like he went to Vancouver. Tremendous mistake. We can talk about the Vancouver press, what they think about Mark Messier. That's a different story. Um, by the way, Romanello, we're going to come back to this one. You know, I wanted to work these in, but then we had uh, we had a couple of these. So I have to star that one. You know what? Let me, let me get back to that one in a second. Messier isn't a fair choice. He left and then he came back. And the second time, I was so happy he was gone. Yes, but the thing is, don't forget the Messier thing was a real thing. Like when we talk about players that, uh, honestly, when I hear Pablo Buchnevich's name mentioned on Twitter, you think Eddie Jockerman Knight was coming. And Eddie Jockerman Knight, if, if anybody needs to know, that's where 18,000 people chanted, Eddie, Eddie, after the Detroit Red Wings acquired him on waivers. You can look this all up. It's all on YouTube. And Eddie Jackman said he he was so moved that he had tears coming down from his eyes and he couldn't even see the puck for the first five minutes of the game. And what happens? Uh, I think Walter Kachuk scored a goal and the fans booed him in his own building. And it was, it was or it might have been Steve Vickers. It was one of those guys. But it, it's just, again, that didn't happen when the Blues came back. So, yeah, it was a cap dump. Uh, I have done all of not seen the trailer for uh, all those except for She-Hulk and Shazam. Shazam actually could be a pretty good movie. I thought the first one was good. Uh, both times you hated Messier leaving. Yeah, first time for the Ranger fans. It was horrible. To be fair, the majority of people that voted weren't even old enough to experience Messier. Yeah, but you know what I love doing, Christy? I love asking this question. When somebody goes, uh, I ask him if it's something that happened in 1986 because they want to know a trivia question at the bar. And, uh, and then they go, oh, well, I don't know what happened. Who's the 16th president of the United States? Abraham Lincoln. Oh, so you know stuff before you were born. Guess what? There, there's a way of looking at historical perspective, uh, perspectives on everything. And maybe that's what I have to do. I have to be the teacher in this situation to be like, guys, this is what happened back in that day. And... You, we can all look back. And and again, as Tommy's saying right here, Mac was his favorite Ranger and they and they got rid of they got rid of him. Yeah, you know, because McDonough, McDonough was a great guy. I think one reason why the McDonough situation wasn't that bad is because they announced the rebuild. He was going to be a key part of the rebuild. And one reason why, yeah. It's it's one of those things. Yeah, they're probably born after 1995. And Mike is saying, uh, mess was a dick. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and, and even I, I was critical of Messier when he when he came back. But uh, I worship Messier to this day, so I'm a little bit biased. Well, me, not just Messier. Messier and, and uh, his, I, I think his father was the agent too. But also Edmonton was giving him a lifetime contract for whatever's left. And um, it's just the survey makes, makes sense. Messier retired in 04. Uh, he left nearly... Well, 20 years ago, and the modern fan was a uh, single digit when they were born. Uh, how many 40 or 60 year olds are taking Twitter polls? Okay. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. But you know what? But even Dave, that's where it's like, 
you turn to your dad or an older brother or somebody and 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 you go or even an older sister and go oh what do you think like there's 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 uh my friend rose who comes to the bars uh, she's like 60 years old she still thinks eddie jockerman was uh her him leaving was the worst and yeah it kind of was because and Mike Richter was on that list. But I guess Mike Richter was more the career-ending injury. So that's what made it a little bit easier. The Rangers were able to honor him. He was a career New York Ranger. Brian Leach was told he was not going to be traded. And then got a phone call on the road that said, you've been traded to Toronto. How about that one? That was that was where Glenn Sather really screwed him over. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, I think the, the survey takes into account how the players left. Yeah. But again, even at that, it's, it's one of those things that like we waited years for Buchnevich and then he flourished elsewhere. Gee, isn't that a topic of conversation today? So core. Hey, how you doing? Uh, Buch sucks in the playoffs too. People ignore that. Uh, but he got one goal in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Actually I said, he uh he he's he kind of sucked in the playoffs. And then I mentioned he hasn't scored yet, and he scored like the lone goal in game four. So CJ, have a good one. But yeah, retired. <laughs> uh Richter retired as a Ranger. Yeah, the the shot to the side of the head from Chris Tamer, and then um uh that was a, that was an Atlanta game, by the way, that he took it on the side of the head. And cracked his skull. And um, then that light bump, I think it was Sean Harcroft is the one that, or Horcroft, the one that got him. No T at the end. <laughs> Core, yeah, it's it's great to be there whenever I'm going crazy. But um, uh, that's, and it always makes interesting TV. It's even better when Filk is on a rant and becomes a little bit unhinged. Sometimes I just want to see Filk go on to this. I remember vividly Ranger fans were sad when, as, as hell to see Richter leave. Yeah. Mike Richter was one of the most well-spoken personable athletes ever. Uh, some of his stories are just so fantastic. Uh, there was a story that was uh, in Rangers magazine, I think in 1996, I guess I'll got it somewhere where it was talked about Mike Richter going back to college and how he wasn't your typical college student. Um, but yeah, uh, Romanello, I got bad news. Uh, the shotgun celebration that was Artem Anisimov in 2012. Uh, <laughs> so different Russian, different Russian. Booch is better than an Anisimov. If you're a fan, you should know the history of the club. Doesn't matter how old you are, Dominic. Yes, a hundred percent on that one. Absolutely, you need to know these things because it's it's sort of like. Whenever I mention about Sam Rosen is the voice of the New York Rangers, and he is, by the way. And then, fairly enough, older fans will say to me, well, you don't remember Bill Chadwick, do you? Yeah. All right. I mean, Foster Hewitt used to announce Ranger games at times, too. I couldn't remember if he announced all of them, though. So we got many more of these going. Um, we'd love Sammy to somehow pull a Mika-type season out of his ass and – Shut everyone up and one up. Wouldn't that be funny? Uh, Sammy Blay to score 42 goals. Is that what you're trying to say? Like when Mika went up there? Yeah. Uh, 
No, and uh, no, I'll have to check that out. I mean, Black Adam is interesting to me. Uh, She-Hulk has still some issues. Uh, and again, but but by the way, again, Shazam, the the gods, the, that, one, that one looks good. Uh, JD was in goal on any night, I think. Yes, he was. He was the one that faced Eddie Jockerman. Ranger fans actually booed when uh, they scored on Eddie, and that's what I mentioned. That's the, Eddie is Eddie Jockerman is just one of the nicest guys, period. And that's what we can all, all everybody can look at. I voted for Mess on the stupid pool. Uh, I would, but I would see why some fans might not have voted for him. He left the bad taste in everyone's mouth. But again, that goes to how bad was the breakup. I gave no thoughts to Matt Zuccarello leaving. I wished him the best. Because also, by the way, again, the Rangers announced that they were in a rebuild. So they need the assets. So guys like Hayes had to go. Uh, Zook had to go. Mac had to go. And there was the, there were the whole rumors of Henrik Lundqvist had to go. And Henrik, the, the goalie market was very slim right there. And as I broke down several times... There was Henrik Lundqvist had a no move clause. He had an eight and a half million dollar contract. So they had to eat half his salary and find a playoff team for him to go start on. And the only one I could say for people was the St. Louis Blues. And then they discovered Jordan Bennington. It's that simple with that one. Uh, uh, whatever happened to back in the day. Well, that's what happened back in the day, but they didn't feel anything for it because they didn't have the experience if they experienced uh, Zook and Booch leaving. But again, those are not the same situations. I mean, I guarantee I would definitely not look fondly on Tom Seaver trade and even the result of that one. Uh, what was Pat Zachary was one of the players that got back. Flynn, I'm trying to remember what the name of... Uh, whatever Flynn, the, the second baseman that got back had a negative war. Imagine that every time you step on the, as much as I think war is an overrated stat. Um, imagine every time you step on the field, your team gets worse. And so anyway, why do they, Eddie is asking why resign Kratzoff, Hayek, Gauthier is a trade coming, barely played it all last year, but again, it is to make sure they can actually move them. And if it's a two way deal, it makes him easier to move. Kratzoff is a one-way deal, so it puts him on a contract. He knows he's playing the NHL next year, whether it's with the New York Rangers or whether it's with another team. Uh, finishing up on on the rest of this rant, uh, Roman Ellis saying, uh, voting Booch because of recency bias uh, should disqualify you from saying that the best game ever was the U.S. Eight, uh, Olympic game just because you didn't see it. Yes. Yes, there have been better games. There's been great games. And like, again, the you, you can make an argument that the Messier guarantee game wasn't a great game. It was just a great comeback. But I mean, Mike Richter had to do his best in order to keep the Rangers in that game. Everybody forgets about that one. But it's just, uh, and again, again, the 1980 USA Miracle on Ice is one of the greatest games of all time. I wish I was more than one and a half and i i wish i could have seen it i wish i could go back in time and actually wipe away my memory and experience or even just knowing what happens experiencing it with all the fans that are that were right there and uh star of mash jamie farr who was the only celebrity at that game i always love that trivia question to throw out there 
What was really bad was when Jacobin left. They put him on waivers, insult to injury, yes. And uh, there were one of the, one of the the hardest things for Emil Francis to admit was that he didn't he didn't want to trade he didn't want to trade at Jockman. He liked that Jockman. He even said that himself in a couple of his things. And my mic cord cable is giving me some problems at the moment, so sorry about that. Dave is saying Richter was my idol growing up. He's the reason why I wanted to play goalie and got into hockey. And from that's similar to mine. I was a goalie when I started, and it was because my brother needed somebody to shoot the puck at. So <laughs> fashioned a, a a goal out of two garbage cans and a hockey stick, and he hit me in the face a couple times too. But uh, I ended up liking it, and then. <laughs> And then I, I just I just read Cora's next comment. Uh, but you know what? It's just there's there's guys. There's guys that, uh, you know, they leave. I mean, Van Beesbrook, I knew it was going to be. A, and again, when you know that something is going to happen, it does ease the pain a little bit. But the Beezer versus uh, Beezer versus Richter was another one in the 94 season that was a little bit more difficult to handle. So that's that's one on that one. Core is definitely trolling this a little bit. I was depressed to see Wojtek Volsky and Eric Christensen go, but here I am. You know what? Let me throw one out at it, at it, everybody. That was difficult for a breakup. Ryan Callahan. I mean, it eased a lot of people with uh, Morty Stanley coming back, but Ryan Callahan gave us all for the New York Rangers. I mean, there are people that want to erase Ryan Callahan from the history books. I have no idea why. He didn't say anything inflammatory on the way out. He just asked for a no trade clause because they had the money guaranteed. And then he said no trade clause. And the Rangers looked at him and went, All right, we're all we're trading you now. So you can't you can't give you couldn't give Ryan Callahan I say this all the time. There were there was one contract that and three players that played a similar style that they could hand that contract out to. And it was Mark Stahl, Dan Girardi, and Ryan Callahan. The Rangers gave it to two of the three. And again, I first guessed Mark Stahl. I would have let him walk in twenty after the 2015 season. So that was just not a good one. Uh, not a 40-girl a year for Mika, but uh, to be near or under the, a point per game. You know what? I hope so, but... Uh, Cora, I'll show you what the put the poll was in a second. All right. And David's saying, let's put this in my horse, uh, historical perspective to what you want for a historical event that affected you the most, the end of world war two, Kennedy assassination or nine 11. Obviously, you know, which one you're going to pick. Yes, but there's also a difference with all those things. One was an attack on American soil by a foreign power during peacetime. One, well, again, going to World War II, going to Pearl Harbor, that would be an attack on America, which was Hawaii, but it's not the continental United States. And the JFK assassination, well, that's that's just something that came out of nowhere. And uh, there are many there are many stories to say about that. So. All right. And and by the way, uh, Cora, this was the poll was from a Twitter uh page broadway block that i had on there and i still i still hold on to that mark messier won an mvp and the freaking cup so i mean 
it's it's one of those things that I kind of felt bad for hijacking that tra- that that thread. I didn't want to do that to the guy. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna close out this conversation in just one more second. Let me go back to what David is saying right here. I could say that trading Nolan Ryan was the worst trade in Mets history, but because I wasn't alive, it doesn't pain me to think about it as much as seeing Piazza leave. Again, a little bit more apples and oranges. And also, when you think about it, when you get the historical context on that, Nolan Ryan was having control problems with the New York Mets, and uh, they traded for Jim Fergozzi, who was a well-established third baseman at the time. Fergozzi really didn't last that long with the New York Mets. Nolan Ryan ended up fixing his control. They missed out on one of the greatest pitchers of all time. And the funny part is, he never won a Cy Young, and he's got a record that will never be broken even in today's game, which everybody strikes out now, Nolan Ryan has almost 5,700 strikeouts in, a, in an era where putting the bat on the ball was more important. But let's get back to hockey because you know what? DQ is chomping at the bit badly on this one because we got to talk about David Quinn for the Jack Adams trophy. I mean, it's, it is amazing that San Jose, uh, look, I as much as I, I love Mike Greer, this is the first one. See, it, it, the honeymoon could already be over. You could, where you just go, David Quinn. I mean, San Jose is definitely a tweener team, too. You don't know whether or not they should rebuild or whether or not they should just tear it down. They definitely can't. They have too much locked up locked up in several different contracts as we've talked about several times they got three they got two players making eight million dollars in hurdle and couture both locked up with no move clauses timo meyer who cj was talking about earlier making six million dollars on his rfa and he looks to be poised to get a big contract um and then a lot of like two million dollar players but then you look at uh, that Eric Carlson deal. Oh my God. That is like cement shoes for anyone. And he's got a full no move clause. And Mark Edward Vlasic, full no move clause until. Uh, oh, wait. Hold on. He can submit next year a three team trade list, Mark Edward Vlasic. So good luck. Good luck. A three-team trade list. The last year of the Vinny Trocheck deal, he's got a six-team trade list. I guarantee to you, Vinny Trocheck will not complete year six of the seven deal with the New York Rangers. So, uh, but again, it's just uh, uh, well, Warren. They're going to be needing to help him out. Uh, <laughs> um. It's, it's just one of those things that uh, I'm, I'm sorry, David Quinn, there's a lot of stuff that he talks about. And one thing that we all knew that he, he talked about it recently, I think it was on NHL network because I was listening to it and he was talking about the different young talent that the Rangers had and this and that and this and that. And he mentions, oh yeah, we also had Brady Shea who was traded uh, that year. David Quinn absolutely hated Brady Shea. Or if he didn't, his body language certainly made you think he did because uh, he was 
he was constantly frustrated with Brady Shea because after all, you can't spell giveaway without Brady Shea. Uh, and which, by the way, Core is saying that right down below. See, you know what? I don't know about that one. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, by the way, Warren, I will mention it when eventually I get to Carolina. I'm hoping, though, this year. My friend Pete tells me Carolina has the best tailgate in the National Hockey League, and I can't wait to see that. And Islander fans, it's not a dig at you. Great barbecue is what I hear about it at Carolina. I can't wait to go check that out. Uh, <laughs> Slapshot Regatta. Oh, dear God. I don't even want to know what that game was. It's sort of like Rochambeau, but... <laughs> Um, Roman L, Peter Pruka hurt. Uh, Peter Pruka, I think he was in the Derek Morris trade, if I recall correctly. I think that was Peter Pruka and Nigel Dawes for Derek Morris. Uh, I even think Al Montoya might have been in that trade. And he got me thinking about that. So <laughs> now I got to look that up. Uh, uh, oh, I can go over here. Guys, this is this is what kills me when we mentioned Peter Pruka, by the way, a guy that was recommended to be taken by, I think it was Yarmer Yager is the guy that recommended uh, drafting Peter Pruka. Here we go. It was uh, Nigel Dawes. Yep, it was Rangers trade Peter Pruka, Nigel Dawes, and Dimitri Kalanen to uh, the Phoenix Coyotes for Derek Morris. That was one of their deadline deals in 2009 that enabled the Rangers to at least get so far to lose the Capitals in seven games. So I'm going to make sure I turn off my, or turn on my do not disturb because the, that keeps on going off. Um, Mika takes a couple months to wake up during the season. Yeah. They, he can really use a head start. B Rye, how you doing? Uh, too much money for Callahan. Plus, it was obvious that his body was going to break down to begin with. Uh, wasn't broken up with that at all. Yeah, but you know what? Again, there there are some people that he was their favorite player. I, I I loved Ryan Callahan. I loved Ryan Callahan. But you know what? I understood he had to move on. But and Sean definitely. You know, I still can't get over the Brett Haddon leaving. I mean that energy that he brought. I have nothing after that. So, all right. I mean, DK going to San Jose, speaking about Connor Bedard. Yeah, I guess I hope the Sharks do get Bedard. I, I just hope a deserving team gets Bedard. Like, I mean, trust me, Arizona, Arizona just breaks my heart all the time with that. I Romanello, I did promise I was going to go back to that one for you. But wait, uh, I was also saying I had to go back to this one. Uh, Mike is saying, I think Arizona is going to move out of state because they won't even be able to sell out a college rink. I think they're going to be able to sell out that rink. The difference is, I think that, um, it's, it's going to be interesting how that, how that all works. So I, 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 I do think it's going to be pretty good. Oh, Hey, Izzy, how's it going? Oh yeah, uh, D David Quinn, full of excuses. We talk about I talk about things that I was wrong about, and I've I've been honest about this one with you guys. I was super wrong about David Quinn. 
Like I bought into David Quinn hook, line and sinker at the end of the 2020 season. I thought the Rangers were going to go to the bubble. They were going to rip up Carolina. They were going to sweep Carolina. Didn't work out that way. Now did it. So, uh, you know what? That's a great question. Uh, I would love to try to see a Rangers hurricanes game, but if I can't, I might just go to see a hurricanes game. If we can get tickets to the stadium series, then it's a different story. Uh, we're working on that. My hard part is I always have to find coverage. And sometimes I have to make sure I get things a little bit ahead of time. Um, let Peter Pruka. Warren is saying hockey tailgating go hand in hand here in Carolina, like barbecue and hush puppies. Can't wait to see some of that. DQ going to San Jose makes me think that they're going to low key going for Bedard, possibly. But I mean, San Jose, I don't think they've ever drafted number one. Uh, when they got Pat Falloon, I think that was the number two pick. And, or I don't think that was, I don't think it was number one either. And I think Pat, Patrick Marlowe was the number two pick. I don't think they've ever had a number one pick either. So, and neither has, uh, neither has the Arizona Coyotes in their entire history going back to, I believe, Dale Howarchuk with the, uh, uh, wait, was he a, no, he was a he was a Winnipeg Jet. I believe that it, it was Dale Howarchuk that, that was right there. I have to go look that one up. AZ is saying, question for all. Calgary has nine D-men on their roster. Will they be looking to resign Uyghur or move them at, at the deadline? Uh, Drury might be interested in the left D-men. Well, we're going to see about that one later on, but I think they're keeping Mackenzie Uyghur. Uh, speaking about Callahan, uh, we may never get to the finals without F MSL. Hey, Romanello, it's coming right now. Because uh, I was definitely going to try to work this on the show in some way. So here you go. Let me see what you guys think. And I'll tell you what my thoughts are. Romanello asked me this. Do you, it was actually for a bar talk uh, topic. Do you think Marty Saint-Louis OT goal is the biggest goal for the New York Rangers? It's for the New York Rangers since the lockout. And unfortunately I have to go with no, because the biggest goal for the New York Rangers outside the lockout, I can make two arguments for two goals. One will go with the obvious one. Dominic Moore scoring to put the Rangers in the Stanley Cup Finals. Huge goal. Absolutely huge. And But I'll tell you this. Brad Richards scoring to take the lead versus the Pittsburgh Penguins in Game 7. That might be the biggest goal for the Rangers. And this is the reason why I hear me out with this one. I do think it's Dominic Moore one, but let me give you a case with this one. The New York Rangers never beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in their entire history up until 2014. And the Penguins still looked like a juggernaut at that time. And they were, they were poised to go right back to the conference finals. They, they were there the year before against Boston. They got swept. It probably would have been uh, Dimitri Yemelin uh, tripping somebody else to fall into Carey Price and then hurting his knee and knocking him out for the series. Or they just might have just beat him. I mean, that was the other thing. Peng was, they were good enough. Marc-Andre Fleury was right there. But it's just one of those things that once the Rangers were able to take that lead, the second biggest play I could tell you after that was the, Hen the Henry Longquist armpit save. I mean, put this in perspective. With about five and change remaining, 
that's when there's the, the I've never seen a scramble by the way in the high slot the way it was. But Paul Martin gets the puck on his backhand in the high slot, throws it on net. Longquist doesn't have his stick, and he traps the puck in his armpit. <laughs> Try doing that. That is not easy to do. And a matter of fact, it looks like it hits the jersey, gets tangled up, and Lundqvist closes on it. The other part that people forget about with that play is that I believe it might have been James Neal. I'd have to double-check that, that play. Could have been Chris Kunitz. But then Henrik Lundqvist was run right after that. And he still would not like give up that puck. And if he would have even relaxed his arm for a second, that puck goes in the net. New York Rangers, they, they might lose in overtime or even in regulation. It was five minutes remaining. So that Brad Richards goal, I think, is even bigger than Marty St. Louis. Marty St. Louis is the one that basically said, we're going to the Stanley Cup finals. And uh, then Brad, uh, then the Dominic Moore one actually put him in the Stanley Cup finals. But don't forget, Montreal, right after that game, they came out and they blitzed Henrik Lundqvist and Cam Talbot, for that matter. And, and ended up winning game five. Renee Bork with a hat trick of all things. So there we go with that one. Christy, I'm going to answer that question on Barzell soon enough. Let me get back to you guys right here. Because uh, speaking about Callahan right there, Shillington, uh, Hannafin, and Zadarov, hard-hitting defenseman. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of it. Uh, which do we not want to talk? Oh. Yeah, we all have to mourn the loss of Brett Howden. He did DQ from the second he walked through the door. Yeah, he kind of kind of did look a little bit like a snake oil salesman, but I bought into him. I thought he was going to be a youthful coach, youthful energy, good at developing talent. I even read the article saying he couldn't get his uh his uh his 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 Boston University teams over the hump. He he had Jack Eichel. He couldn't get them over the hump. Right now, we got 130 right here. We got 36 of you guys watching. Thanks very much, very much, everybody, for joining me this afternoon. This is a lot of just listening to me talk and going through your comments is always a good thing. And and that's that's why we do this. This is why we do it. This is why we also have our hockey talk all the time. And uh, everybody, just a quick reminder for the 36 of you in, the, in, your, in here, if you're not, don't forget to like and subscribe. And uh, I haven't checked on the likes on this so far. We got just 21 of them I have so far right here. Uh, and now down to 20. Oh, 22. Thanks, YouTube. That was a little bit awkward. Um, but let's get back to this. So uh, let's get to another. Uh, yeah. So again, reasons he bias. But again, it's. There's a couple of good questions we have. We actually have a couple top tens that we have to do. Uh, like who are the top 10 centers or the top 10 at every position post lockout. That's going to be from the opinions of everybody involved. Uh, sorry. I missed uh, if you answered my question, but Hank, uh, Hank count towards the poll. No, he didn't count towards the poll. He wasn't in, in the poll at all. And by the way, Henrik Lundqvist. Okay. Yeah. There's another one. He should have been in there. How do you, again, Henrik Lundqvist over Pavel Buchnevich? And they bought him out. It wasn't even a trade. They bought him out. Oh. 
Um, Bridges is goal in overtime. Then you know what? Again, well, again, because that's such a huge goal that when we really and I like that, that that more people are agreeing with me on this. I thought I was going to get killed by people for bad mouthing Pavel Buchnevich for a second. How dare you bad about Pavel Buchnevich? Well, you know what? I'm sorry. Well, you, you guys are wrong. Sometimes the hero worship is elsewhere. Um, Richards. Yep. So that was all there. Yes. David recency bias is in there, but that's why you, you need other people like us, the older people to, uh, <laughs> to get some perspective on that. Oh no. Uh, well the Richards goal was good, but it didn't, it only got them to, it only got them to, oh, you know what? That's, well, that's, that's a great one as far as a memory goes, but if you're going to tell me about the quality of the goal, the Richards power play goal, that made it two to one uh, versus Pittsburgh. That was immense. And I could tell you as a lifelong, as you know, I'll use the term lifelong Ranger fan, because I never rooted for another team. I can't say that for the Mets. When I was a little kid, I was a bit, I was a Yankee fan. And then I watched Keith Hernandez play and that was different. But the, the one thing I could tell you is the New York Rangers never beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that was huge. So, and then after that, I'm going, Oh my God, the Rangers are going to win this game. As soon as Henrik made that save. So, of course, saying uh, because that series is over, if not for Richards, you are correct. And by the way, here's the man of the hour. D, how's it going? And uh, the reason why you're the man of the hour is for the man we have on next uh, Friday at, at 2 o'clock. Uh, one of our biggest interviews we're ever going to have or that we've had yet, which is Jacob Slavin. Uh, and I'm, great, I'm grateful that we're able to do that before the wrap-up. So I can't wait for that one, too. No, well, you know what? And 2012, it's that is one. I, I, I love that call. I love that call of, uh, of Mike Emmerich. Uh, Those out of the shot, deflected, save, rebound is put in with 6.6 to go. And it was and it was fantastic. And by the way, Richards right after that in game seven, had, I believe he had a two goal game in game seven. Um, no, no. You had the opening goal, Delzato, and then. They had to make it two to one because you got to make everything else. The Marty Stanley goal was great for so many reasons. And again, uh, Marty Stanley, I think, finishes uh, as a runner up in this poll. Again, I still thought the goal of that season in the offseason no, is the Dominic Moore one. Marty Stanley's goal on Mother's Day, it's a, it was apropos. It was so fitting. It was so great. Dominic Moore coming back to the NHL and putting the team that drafted him into the Stanley Cup finals uh, the year after his wife passed away. It was, that's, that's just is up there right there. And yeah, step on in overtime. Phil uh, and I early on, we had a video uh, where I got to say thank you to Mike Emmerich because Mike Emmerich was, I, I think he was a great voice in hockey uh, where we actually recap a couple of his great calls and uh filk actually starts it and it blends on into drive by uh, drive by Girardi is save rebound score in the interest of not blowing out your ears i decided to kind of go a little bit low on that one uh i would love that i would love to have a meet up in uh in in north carolina uh, Jack Eichel couldn't get over the hump either. So fair enough. Yeah, Corey, they kind of got me on that one. 
Uh, that would be great to do that in a different state, obviously. Uh, I didn't hate DQ. He made the team better from AV. He just didn't have what it took to get everybody playing well together. Yeah, that's part of the problem. And recently watched Tony D'Angelo's interview on Nasty Knuckles. He said that he did not see eye to eye with David Quinn regarding hockey, but was great to speak about anything outside of hockey. Okay. You know what? I don't know what that, that kind of reminds me of this analogy. I can always say for that AZ, which is the, uh, uh, when people say, Mark, the guy's a really nice guy. He's just a horrible drunk. And it's like, you know, I'm a bartender, right? So it's, it's sort of like, you don't see eye to eye with your coach. Try to make it work. Tony. If he didn't see how to eye with David Quinn, he's got John Tortorella now. Oh, God, that's going to be the greatest reality TV show of all time. Oh, uh, anyway. Uh, I was on the other goal as uh, I was on the older goal as big as uh, the MSL one uh, is the step is uh, the step on goal versus Washington. More goals. Um, Moore's goal looks bigger because it was one nothing. I also say Richards one point uh, six point six was there was pretty good too. Yeah, you know, and that's a great goal. But again, I keep saying going back to this, giving the Rangers the lead in Game Seven versus a team that they'd never beat, and they haven't gotten in the conference finals in in uh, twenty two years at that. Nope, twenty seventeen years. Sorry, seventeen years. At that time, that was huge. That was huge. And that's why Brad Richards was there. That's why Morty St. Louis was there. And if you remember, St. Louis just threw the puck in front, knowing Richards is going to be there. That's one of the great things about having a teammate that you just know what they're going to do. The poll was which, uh, which, uh, which Ranger leaving hurt you the most? Oof. Um, uh... I'm not going to say that's not unfair to say about Booch is nothing but a dirty player and uh, wanted to actually fight anyone. Yeah, yeah, he he did he did do that a little bit. Uh, those playoff runs, it's so many great memories. Um, Marty St. Louis on Mother's Day. Stepan versus Washington. Max OT goal. Don't forget about that one. Hags versus Pittsburgh. Philk was there for that one. I was there for the, for the Marty St. Louis OT goal, by the way. I was on the bridge level looking down on, on that goal. And it was, I mean, I went absolutely crazy when that happened. Uh, those, but, uh, so there were so many great memories. I think the Panarin goal is a great memory because we were able to hone in on that because you don't have that with the Carolina series because they won game six pretty easily. And I believe that was a shutout. I forgot game six, if that was a shutout or not. Um, and then game seven, the Rangers were in complete control that entire game. It wasn't even an echo of the 2013 five, nothing shutout over the Washington Capitals where Henrik Lundqvist, uh, after the save that he made on Mike green, uh, about 10 minutes in, and then Rangers go back the other way on the next play. And Chris Kreider puts a drop pass to Aaron Asham. How about that one guys? Uh, Aaron Asham. And he hits it top shelf and that was it uh rangers never looked back uh step on uh sean yes step on my toe i always call them you stepping bro but uh yeah tony d said that quinn couldn't get veterans to buy in 
well, he's going to have a whole locker room of veterans. Oh, we, oh boy. There's, there were, I'm, I'm, again, the goal of the channel is always to kind of branch out. So, again, I, I snickered about this, and it's... I still snicker about this. Just the idea of this. And never mind that. Tony D'Angelo, who doesn't play a lick of defense and has got a mouth on him. But then to go on to Rasmus Ristolainen, who I'm pretty sure his defensive war is worse than Tony's. So buckle up. <laughs> uh, Going to be watching a lot of Flyers games this year. Tony, uh, towards the Tony will be magic. Yeah. Once again, this is the greatest show. John D. Lee, how you doing? That's going to be funny to see Tony D. and Torts. Yeah. I still can't believe, like, like, what were they thinking? Honestly, what were they thinking? Oh, that guy is going to be the uh, offensive defenseman we, we need for years. Okay. Sure. Uh, they made these... Damn it. <laughs> yeah, no, no shit, moron. All right, that, that's my mistake. That's my mistake. Oh, oh, that was that was made by mistake. That's how I came in the world, and there's plenty of them when I'm going to leave it. Good point, Mark. Totes, uh, Torts and Tony Walnuts will implode after 40 games. D'Angelo was trying to get to the Flyers after he was traded to the Rangers. And his contract was up. The Flyers were, you know, we're not interested that he resigned with New York. Well, yeah, but also he was still a restricted free agent on that one, too. Bugar had slap shot on a breakaway. Yeah. And, and then, unfortunately, the rest of the story was worse. B-Raw, yes. The Brian Leach was incredibly painful. They had the huge memorial, uh, not memorial, um, tributes to him on the Rangers' website at the time. Thank you, Brian. But I mean, Brian Leach deserved the the Roger Bear treatment. He deserved to retire as a New York Ranger. And I, I'm glad Brian was able to play one year with the Boston Bruins, but he deserved to be a Ranger the rest of his career. Uh and you know what? I can't argue with that. I put I would probably put Brian Leach as the greatest Ranger of all time. I I would. Uh, I was at the Hags overtime winner too. Was not great, but uh, for my little heart, it was great at the end. Yeah. Um, yes. And by the way, I was at that game too. Nothing was. David is saying nothing. None are better than Mike Piazza's September 11th game-winning home run. The best moment in sports period. I actually would agree with that one. Oh wait, we have some breaking news right here. So let's go check that right now. Um, I was actually just saying how there was no news on him, and uh, I still don't see that right now, Core. I'm going to check Twitter. This is always riveting whenever somebody is trying to do all this other stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, Core, so is that actually breaking right now? So, <laughs> yeah, definitely don't need to talk about that Rangers Hurricane series. Although I tell you what, I'm still surprised Fetchnikov didn't take off after that. I thought he was announcing himself to the hockey world. 
And Asham, great guy. From what I hear, great guy. All right, Cora. So that's just, it's not an official signing. See, this is what happens when I don't have a second person on with me. I got to get that, that clip of um, uh, Ken Brockman uh, for on The Simpsons just saying, so this newsman has been fooled again. So uh, let's keep going because I can see Cora laughing right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> Best GM in the game. Yeah, I think that I think he's, he's going to be this year's winner of the Peter Shirelli Award. Uh, cause again, how the hell did Peter Shirelli, how did you let, how would you ever let a guy sign a goalie to a four year contract and then fire him the next day? It's like, Oh yeah. Hey, I was thinking about signing Miko Koskinen for a four year deal. Oh, Oh, before you do that, you're fired. All right. Um, I got 15 minutes left. We'll go to two o'clock guys. So, and it's an actual going at two o'clock today. So, uh, hold on. We got sex bots. Uh, all right. Yay. Yay. So celebrate the sex bots are here. Um, TDA fits on the flyers. Like players fit on the Raiders and the Cowboys when we ask and we get, and we asked why sometimes, Fans don't care what they're like off the ice. And yes, he fits as a Philadelphia flyer. I mean, it's easy to hate Tony D'Angelo. I just I just want people to hate Tony D'Angelo for the right reason. I mean, they go on Twitter, they they don't even know. Uh oh, hey. So I guess I guess we do have it. Let's uh let's see what we got, guys. And Oh, um, we do have. Uh, I have no idea what Maple Leaf the guy that is. Okay, so. Okay, here we go. You guys are right. Breaking news. What's up, NHL fans? BC Company Live here with breaking news along with my man Socrates. Anybody that hasn't seen it. Breaking news. What's up, NHL fans? BC Company Live here with breaking news along with my man Socrates. Here it is. A one-year, $7 million deal. BC Company Live here with breaking news along with my man Socrates. <laughs> breaking news. All right, all right, we got you, got you on that one. All right, you gotta love it. All right, thank you guys. I really thought it was just all fake for a second, but yes, Kevin Weeks reporting it. If Brian Leach isn't the greatest Ranger of all time, I want to know who is. And the short list on that are all career Rangers. Oh, not Leach, unfortunately. Thank you, thank thanks, Glenn. Um. But yeah, weeks breaking that video. It's good. So seven-year contract on John Klinberg. Uh, one thing that's great about streaming is that you know, at least we're able to update some of the videos by the end. But shh, this this one didn't even make it. I said there was silence on Klinberg. We were trying to figure out where he's going, and I th I I don't 
don't know who said Anaheim, but yeah, watch out for Anaheim. One of you guys were saying, uh, whoever did say it, take credit for it right now. Because it's always good to get that. For me, my Gartner was rough. I went uh, to a lot of HMI coaches where he was a pro coach. Before he was a New York Ranger, he was my favorite player of all time. And it was at the deadline of the, the 94 Cup year. Yes. And by the way, I wore 22 playing in juniors because of my Gartner. I loved using him as uh, in NHL hockey, whether it was or NHLPA, if you will. I, I My Gartner was great. And I think... He, they always said he couldn't perform in the playoffs. And then he ripped off his best playoff year, I believe, ever in 94 with the Toronto Maple Leafs and Doug Gilmore. But, man, it's I, – I I still do not like Glenn Anderson because of that. I think Glenn Anderson was just a guy, signed his name on a project and got the A with everyone else. Still don't think he was that great for the Rangers in the playoffs that year. Okay. Uh, I was laughing because you were saying it was 17. Yes, but – by the way, yeah, and again, I realized, oops. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I we'll see. We'll see how much talking I can do. I, I haven't done that much, and yeah, no, I thought I said one year. One year at seven million dollars. That was, yeah. Well, good. I, I appreciate that, Core. Gartner was indeed tough. I loved Gartner. I probably would put him second behind Leach. By the way, Mike Gartner in 1994 was one of he he owned the Devils. Like he had so many. He had scored a 600 goal against the Devils. There were a lot of, of of goals he scored against the Devils that year. So it was kind of sad to see him go. It was amazing when. Uh, MSG showered cheers on Leach every time he ch he touched the puck. And you know something? There wasn't a big tribute to Brian Leach that night. I remember watching it on the uh, OLN network, but the fans were at least doing it, and that's what mattered. I mean, I, I even think Leach declined a video tribute and stuff like that. Because um, I remember John Davidson saying, and even Mike Emmerich saying, it was a low-key celebration, and that's just the way Brian Leach wants it. So it's just, you know, it, it, it's a sad thing to me. It's just, you, you get the players that you, you root for for a while, and I guess that's why with a lot of people, um, a, lot of, a lot of people that, yeah, I kind of got with them on on uh, being sad that Buchnevich is gone, but it's sort of like, it, it's a different story for a guy that hasn't done it yet and hasn't had a big moment as opposed to say some uh, guys that have had those big moments. Matt Zuccarello had those big moments. Uh, Ryan McDonough had those big moments. I mean, there are so many other Rangers I would put that were more difficult or players that left your team. If there's, by the way, anybody that's not a Ranger fan, if there's a player that, you had difficulty leaving your team, throw it in the comments below. And uh, just gets a couple of these out of the way. Tommy was asking, Mark, think about this. Truba is making $1.5 million less than Kachuk. He needs to be moved after next season. Uh, if you have to give up a first, you have to give it up. Well, the first thing's first. Jacob Truba has to approve that. Uh, that's until 2024. That's when he submits his limited no-move clause. The Rangers are going to have to figure that one out. And that's going to be difficult. Uh, Chris Drury has got his homework ready to go.
but even Jacob Truba said jokingly and jokingly, he said it about Braden Steiner. He looked up at him and said, this kid is going to take my job. And look, there, if you could tell me the Rangers pay Jacob Truba the uh, 50% salary retention that puts him down to $4 million a year and they trade him away, that would be best for all involved. Chris T was asking earlier if Barzell is still an RFA at the end of this deal. And I wanted to go back to that one uh, as we circle back. Yes, he is RFA after next season. So there you go with that. So let's get back to the live comments. Uh, and Latrell Sprewell, love seeing him as a Nick. Uh, seeing him go for Van Horn was tough. Yeah, especially, I mean, Keith Van Horn wasn't even what he was by that time. And then Keith Van Horn became the most valuable retired contract of all time after that. I think he was traded twice after after uh, that contract went. Um, and by the way, Christy, 100% right on that one. Uh, that was a contract that it was, it was just dead as soon as it happened. Frazier, how you doing? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Price of Chikrin just went up. I just don't know where the suitors are, and he's he's he. They can still keep him in Arizona another year and not have to worry about anything. Um, it, it's I I just who is who is going for Jacob Chikrin? Which means, by the way, Vegas has to go get Jacob Chikrin now because that's just the way Vegas rolls. Like, oh wait, Jacob Chikrin. All right, we'll just uh we'll trade four first round picks for him. Uh, sir, don't you think we need a first round pick sometime? No, no, no. Don't, we don't need that. Either, by the way, all of Vegas' first round picks or players they drafted with their first round picks have all been traded. How about that one? Uh, why sign Barzell if he's an RFA, if most people get to be UFAs at that age? Yeah. But here's here's the thing about that. Uh Hold on. Uh, let me give you that one. Barzell, at that time, he'll still be 26 years old. So signing him to an eight-year contract, for instance, as the Islanders could, would take him to 34. 34 is not going to be as much of a drop-off as, say, if he signed another bridge deal and then it was 37. So it's going to be there. Senators are interested. Well, I mean, why not? There, there's Senators' decor... I let's take a look at their decor. It's I think it's Thomas Thomas Shabbat. I like a very a very much as a defenseman. I think he's very underrated. Um, Nikita Zaitsev, meh. Travis Hamonic, meh. Uh, Nick Holden, meh. I mean, Jake Sanderson's going to be really good. Eric Brandstrom is going to be very good. Um, all right, Eric Brandstrom's actually already been paying him dividends. Yeah, you know what? Maybe you can add them onto that decor and maybe that'll really help. And hell, they got Anton Forsberg for uh off of waivers. So there we go. There's there's a couple more for you. Let's check our, our numbers right now. We are at uh I got 26 of you right now on. We're still at the same numbers as the subscribers. That's okay. And 25 of you have liked this video so far. Thanks very much, especially that it was a solo video, kind of a impromptu on a Friday. 
Well, it's very impromptu because I accidentally scheduled 11 a.m. Duh. <laughs> Islanders said they still need a D-man. Uh, I can see them going after him. Yeah, well, yeah, why not? They need a they need a power play quarterback. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna get to that one in a second, Keith. Uh, hey, but Vegas got Brett Howden and Nolan Patrick. Why do they need first round picks? Exactly. Well, I mean, those guys were both first round picks in their own right. Uh, hey, we even got a like on Facebook now. That is all great. Um, can we? Keith is asking, can we package Kratzoff with Brittany Griner? Uh, <laughs> I mean, Kratzoff might go back to Russia anyway, so why not? So, there you go. Uh, and and the less I talk about the Brittany Griner situation, uh, the better. I do want to say this. It's one of those things that as soon as she gets back, I think everybody should say, so you still hate America? So. Um, Rangers go after Kane at the trade deadline. Uh, how likely? So here's my question on that one. I think what's the state of the Rangers at that time? If you're talking about the Rangers going after Patrick Kane at the trade deadline, I think it means because they completely did not get any or anywhere near the production they think they're going to get out of Alexei Lafreniere and Capococco, and they're going for another superstar and trying to go for it in general. I don't, I don't think it's as likely. I'll put it at twenty percent, maybe even fifteen percent. I think if both, if either one of those guys succeed at all, then there's no need to go after Patrick Kane. And everybody that keeps pointing this out to me, oh, Kane and Panarin played great together. Panarin's worst offensive seasons were with Patrick Kane. Mind blowing, isn't it? He never got to 80 points with Patrick Kane. He has been over 80 points since leaving Patrick Kane. Uh, <laughs> do you say in the honest gonna have Jay Gardner? No, he stays there. He stays there. You can't get anything. By the way, an underrated move, Max Pacioretty going to uh going to Columbus. So where do I see the Rangers finishing this season? That's an interesting question. Um, the Canes are too well coached of a team. It's either going to be first or second. I'm going to say it like that. I am not scared of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I am not scared of the Washington Capitals. I don't think the Devils are going to make the jump yet. And I think them being, I still see the Devils being behind the eight ball uh, with their coaching. And there you go. That's going to knock them back a little bit. So... Um, I, you know what? I could see the Rangers either being first or second again, same place first or second in the metropolitan division and maybe even top five in the Eastern conference. So, uh, cause again, got to credit the work Sheldon Keefe has put in, in Toronto. But the question is, is, is that going to translate to the playoffs? But that doesn't really matter in this question right here. And is Florida taking a step back to move forward? Cause after all, when, when we talk about moves that those icing on the cake, Stanley Cup moves or trades that you make, Brandon Shanahan deal is always the one that comes to my mind. Brandon Shanahan for Paul Coffey and Keith Primu after the Red Wings had the best record in NHL history. 
And what happened right after that? Two straight Stanley Cups. But also, I think that's where you really get to see the Draper Maltby uh, McCarty line really come into effect. Joe, hi. Uh, I like the title. Happy to hear that Cocker resigned and he is a Ranger. Yes. And guess what? I think it's going to be, I think he's going to turn in a pretty good season, to be honest with you guys. Uh, I really do think Cocker, this is, it's going to be the coming out party, I believe, for both of them, to be honest with you. Uh, and I let's hope there isn't an injury. Let's hope there is an injury or Dryden Hunt outperforming him in training camp. It is, it's sort of like <laughs> it's, it's, it's sort of like when you have that one person whose opinion they, they kind of give. It's just like, no, 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 don't worry, we got this. All right. The Rangers are going after WWE's Kane. No, you know what? Might as well. You can always get more. Aren't they trading an arms dealer for her? It seems excessive. Well, no, but they're going to send Kratzoff back with Brittany Griner. I think that's what uh, I think that's what Keith was saying. That is about as much politics as I'm going to get on this channel for right now. Uh, this teams look solid with a good offseason with Drury so far. Yeah, and again, I still think the best move is to not play Trocheck fifth Panarin. Watch it happen, and watch it be the best move. Uh, agree with. Bobby Hill on that one. Yes, it does. They do look good. You know what? Here's a good take. AZ is saying, I foresee Columbus attempting to acquire Chikrin. Now, okay. If you're saying attempting, that's a different story because everybody does their due diligence and that could be counted in there. Do you see them, AZ, do you see them getting Chitrin? Uh, and I'm going to get to your question on that in a second. Obviously, going to try. Kako be traded before the deadline. He's a bust. Well, let's hope I'm wrong. I mean, I promised Matador, uh, I think it was a, like a bottle of whiskey or something. Or no, I, I think I promised him cigars. So that was it. Uh, let's look at what Columbus's uh, assets are. They still have all their draft picks uh, first round, second rounder, and actually. Uh, wow. How about insult to injury? They even have a third round pick from Calgary. Uh, that was from a trade in, uh, last. Oh, really? Last week. Who was that? Columbus got. Oh, it was the they got the pick from Calgary that ended up being uh, the one the Flames sent to the Kraken for Cal Yarncrook, who I think Cal Yarncrook, good player. I'm, I'm surprised the Rangers didn't go after him, but very happy with Vinny Trocek. So Calgary has a ton of, uh, it's not Calgary, Columbus has a ton of assets they can actually move to get Chikrin. But the thing about Chikrin is they only have right now, according to Cap Friendly, they got a projected negative 958000 on the cap. Now, this is because finally, I believe Boone Jenner is still off of injury reserve. Oh no, he's not off injury reserve on this yet. Boone Jenner is their captain. He's going to be on there. Alex Texier, good, another good player. He's going to be on there. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know who they moved. They got to move a big contract and it could still be Gustav Nyquist. It could still be Jacob Vorchek. I don't know who the hell takes Jacob Vorchek, but that's another one, but we're going to see about that one. Uh, and again, guys, I'm spitballing on this one right here. So pardon me on that. Uh, and 
Frazier, I'm going to agree with that one as soon as I bring it up. Question, who was the one player not named Kane or Miller uh, in which Drury could acquire in this upcoming season? Look, all things that work out for the Rangers that will work out the best is if Lafreniere and Kako take a jump and maybe even another prospect comes up there. Like uh, uh, maybe even like, again, Will Cooley. I mean, who knows what you're going to see out of uh, out of uh, Brandon Ottman yet. I mean, Rangers haven't had a 19-year-older on the team that's really taken that jump that people want to try to force Ottman to do. But even if he stays in the OHL one more year, percolates a little bit, that's fine. And by the way, uh, once again, Big Apple Hockey. I love the shirt. I only made up one of them. Uh, during our end of the year, uh, thank you uh podcast that we're gonna do we're gonna get some more merch out there so there's gonna be a lot more stuff to come out all right kyle dubas for matt murray worst trade of his career frazier 100 i agree with that one i don't know what the hell he's thinking he only there's so many guys that are making less money than what they're currently on the cap hit for because he did have salary retained but matt murray can't stay healthy and was last year just he wasn't healthy, and it was because, you know, I'm on a last place team anyway, so I might as well hang out. But I think Kako, even if he does become a monster offensive guy, I'd love to keep him as a big defensive winger who could pinch in offense, and he's super underappreciated possessing pucks in the corners. That's a good point. And you know what, Bobby Ganush, how about this one? Uh, Valeri Nichushkin. Nichush- uh, that was a guy that everybody was waiting for to bloom and bloom and bloom. And look what happens. He goes to Colorado and he blooms. That could very well be Kako. I know Sean's saying he's a bust, but uh, Kako's played 100 games at a 8 to 12 minutes a game. Pump the brakes on calling him a bust. Yeah, they they, they need to get him out there. Plants, plants don't grow in the shade, unless they're mushrooms, by the way. But uh, they need sun and you need to put some sunlight on them. Sean right back there. But again, AZ is saying a few solid prospects to offer for one roster player. Uh, Jake Bean could be in there. Yes, that could be another one. Uh, also, I had to say, Mark, but I disagree. I think Trocek playing with Panarin is perfect. I And key, I think Kako shouldn't play on that line. They should play Loft with Panarin and Trocek. I worry about too much passing. I want a shooter. And this is where I almost think about, we talk about the decisions David Quinn has made with uh, his personnel decisions, but Colin Blackwell on the line with Stroman Panarin, and he ends up having 13 goals. And then there was the Colin Blackwell Twitter fiasco. By the way, I think the, me- the, the, the memo is stay off of Twitter, but I have to do it for the sake of the podcast. It's just, it's, it's hearing about how everybody looks at, at Blackwell like, oh, look, it's uh, oh, he's, he's he's got 13 goals and he's blah, blah, blah. He's so great. The only thing good about him is he's wore 43. Winners wear 43. I don't know anybody that also wore 43, but um, <laughs> that's my number in case I haven't said it. All right. But uh, I, I just think I do think getting Trocek away would be another matchup that teams would have to teams would have to figure out. Like if you told me that it was uh, like 
Kratzoff, Kittle, and Panarin, I could understand that one. Or even uh, Kako, Kittle, Panarin. But I do think I did say earlier, uh, Kako and Kratzoff could be a hell of a pairing. Look, the Rangers got a lot of tools. They got a lot of pieces. Let's make those pieces fit. And I'm not going to start singing the tool song for you. Uh, that would be a nightmare to play against at a scoring threat. It could be. We'll see about that one. Trocek is a perfect player for Panarin. He adds a little grit and sandpaper to make that line a little harder to play against. And he actually could finish Panarin's setups. Well, yeah. And he's a, he's a right-handed shot, too. So that could really help. Bobby Ganusha is all continuing on saying, I also think everybody is, I think everyone's still crying about Booch. I honestly think Kratzoff could turn into a Booch or a Booch light. And after all, it took three years for Booch to really show the player that he was going to be. His fourth year, he had a 20 goal season with the New York Rangers in less than in, in a half season. It was a 56 game season. And he did have 20 goals, I believe, his second season with the Rangers under Quinn. That I think he got number 20 on the final day of the season. But also, you know, it's it, it's you don't know what the players are going to be until you play them. You have to play them. They can, they can sit there, watch, and learn as much as they want. But sooner or later, you got to take those training wheels off. Uh, Johnny Red, how you doing? And hope the back and the neck is doing well. I uh, just wanted to chime in on all the Quinn bashing. These top two picks we have went to an established team with a top six already in place, which is rare. So Quinn was supposed to drop down Panera and Kreider. No, you weren't supposed to drop down Panera and Kreider. But, I mean, Kako is a different story. Kako's a right wing. Find a place for him. Or, you know what? They, they could have sent him back to the Elite League. But you know what? They didn't. So, there you go with that. But instead, uh, look, Lafreniere dropped on their laps. They're not, they weren't going to take Quentin Byfield. They weren't going to take Kirby Doc on the Kako year. And Kirby Doc has already found a new home in Montreal. So, you know what? It's, it's one of those things. And when some people have also said, uh, they started saying about comparing Lucas Raymond to Alexei Lafreniere. Lucas Raymond is getting a lot more playing time than Alexei Lafreniere. So immediately stop. Because if Lafreniere got number one power play minutes, which he should this season, then I would be inclined to start comparing them. But watch Lafreniere. I mean, and by the way, he makes more sense for power play one because he's a left-handed shot. He's going to be on a, a, at least a good option on that, that right side for power play one. And now you actually have an opening. Let's see who's going to get it. Is it going to be Kako? Is it going to be Lafreniere? Let's see. It's going to... It, there is there are times where I think Kako could take it and run with it. There's also other times Lafreniere is going to do it. And again, on the New York Rangers, they eat up a lot of minutes on power play one. And it just, it, it doesn't really work to be on power play two. Alexei Lafreniere won power play goal last year in an almost 20 goal season. Okay. David is saying uh, there are basically two forward spots that are up for grabs. I think Cooley and Ottman are definitely in the mix for one of those spots. I think Cooley definitely is in the spot for one of those. And I think they'd like to see him. I'm, I'm just hoping that's going to be the case if they'll let him take a, a smaller role and then grow after that. Otherwise, it might be, oh, well, you should, you should start the season in Hartford. We'll let Dryden Hunt play. I've seen the Dryden Hunt movie. It's, it's, it's worse than it's, 
it's bad. It's it's bad. I'll just put it like that. I'm trying to think what the last bad movie I saw was like a really bad one. And there are bad ones that are out there. I still haven't seen Prey, so there you go. Most number one and number two overall teams go to teams who stink, which gets them top six minutes, power play time, and et cetera. I said this when they drafted them, that it would be an issue. Johnny, you're right about that. And again, you're right about that. You're talking about guys that they you're, you're talking about guys that they had their roles clearly defined. Now, again, that's why Trocek is getting paid and he's getting paid, I think, the way he is. But you have to put one of those two guys on power play one. You got to get them on a top line. You got to get it. The kid line was a great story in in the playoffs, but they need to make sure that they're playing these guys. And that's why I could see the Rangers with more time, they can get there. The problem with David Quinn, going back to what you're saying beforehand, the problem with David Quinn was going back to 2019 where there wasn't that crunch, that it wasn't so much of that of that problem. And Kako was with Ryan Strom. And I believe, by the way, I think Strom assisted on his first NHL goal. And Kako had a goal versus Calgary and then had a bad penalty. And you put him on a milk carton after that. And there were times where it looked like he was going to break out and then Quinn would just bench him. And it happened a lot. That was the problem with him. Also, I have a fake plant in my office and has lived a good two to three years. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Bobby Ganesh is saying, I think law will be a shooter this year. And I think that'll, that'll definitely be a good thing. He can just rip the setups. And I think Trocek is a shoot first guy too. shoot. He does shoot a lot more. So does Sammy Blay. So there's another one. People forget Sammy Blay is on this team. Point two, you don't give up on 21 and 23 year olds when the NHL average player makes it at 24. Yes. There's a little bit of, um, I wouldn't say complacency, but there's a little bit of, um, impatience we'll just go with impatience you want these guys to develop they have to develop and i still think the best way to do it is to play them as long as they can handle failure mentally if they can't throw them in the ahl let them dominate and then move them up but i'll tell you one thing looking at philippito last year in the playoffs he was starting to throw players off of him and that's what i changed my opinion on him right there which it was one of those things i thought he was a guy that was being traded for andrew cop he wasn't Good for the Rangers. They somehow held on to him. Yeah, and by the way, then we all cried about Morgan Barron leaving. If Morgan Barron scores 20 points next season, I'll be shocked. But the Rangers didn't exactly give up Rick Middleton or Sergei Zubov in that trade. So it's, again, we're going to see about this. And you know what? That's a good point. Around 24 is where guys start to make it. Sammy Blay might actually play on that second line with Brett and Trocek. And is a Trocek is a good four checker and Nixon never takes a shift off. Yeah. Vinny Trocek's a hell of a player. That's one of those things where you go, the, the Rangers are are really good. Kako, Hedl, Panarin is, is too salt of a line. They would get chewed up in the playoffs, I think. I think I think Kako's not as salt as what people think he is. And I think Hedl's starting to kind of develop backbone. There, I'm still waiting to see if there was something wrong with Panarin. That's because uh, other than that, I'm gonna have to go go on there. Name one of the Rangers D that had more takeaways and giveaways in the playoffs. Uh, I want to say, I want to say Kendra Miller. I want to say Kendra Miller had more takeaways. Uh, 
I was actually looking for the giveaway, uh, the giveaway versus takeaway stat before I went on because Kako was a takeaway machine for a while, especially last year. By the way, it's amazing. I'm really starting to get the Reed Richards right here. But, you know, I wouldn't die as easily as John Krasinski did in uh, in uh, Doctor Strange. Sorry, spoilers. But it's all right. You can watch it on Disney Plus. <laughs> Heedle's goals uh, were slow, but coming, uh, we're slow coming, but use the speed well. Kako ready to score this year if he stays injury free. Alf Nielsen, question mark. But Kako physically is able to handle big hits and gets better ice time. Joe, I think, I, and again, you know, I'm pro Kako. So, <laughs> Sean, that would be a great beer, Booch Light. It's where um, it's where it's once it's it's a twelve pack that once it's gone, everybody complains it's gone forever. Uh, so I like Kratzov the style of play. He does not. Uh, he does play inside the circles, drives the net. We're gonna see about that. Kratzov also I like uh because in the limited games does not play like Booch. David is saying it may take three years of NHL experience, but they were nowhere close to three years of games played. And a matter of fact, getting it on there. And hey, it wouldn't be a podcast without the sex bots. So they're gone. Um, Lafreniere in 19 goals with zero power play time. He actually did get a power play goal at the end. Of the of the year, and I think Loff has finally uh, received good coaching. Put Loff on the power play; he will get twenty to th- twenty eight to thirty goals. Uh, yes, and by the way, I think that makes Chris Kreider more deadly because now you're looking at a guy that can get him the puck better than Ryan Strom. And again, hammer home Ryan Strom. That's what we're missing, guys. Remember that because the Rangers still could have had another game, but instead. And Ryan Strom. Keith is saying, I like Billy Cooley. Could be our next Tom Wilson. That's what a lot of us are are kind of looking at. And a lot of people kind of think that's going to be about him. L.A. is not happy that the they lost out on Will Cooley. I can tell you that one. Uh, AZ, I agree with your previous two posts. Not so much on the last one. He, has, uh, he had to play at the power play at some point. Well, again, that's what you're going to have to do. That's why, again, Ryan Strom, get the hell out of town. Just like, thank you very much. I look, everybody's got a whipping boy for for their team. We've gone over this so many different times, but it's uh, it's just it's right there. So, <laughs> guys, I'm gonna go to two thirty. So you guys have been throwing your comments out. I know we still got a lot more. Uh, I agree with Lafayette on power play one. Also agree. Quinn has also made mistakes. I wonder if he's ever going to learn from him. We'll see about that in, in San Jose. I was really happy that we let Strom go. Um, Hedl was a beast in the playoffs. But, Johnny, the one thing that worries me about him, he's a center. He had two assists. But if he's a shoot for a center, that's fine. Uh, Dave is saying, the thing with Hedl is I want to see more from him outside just one month of great hockey. Yes. Uh, I think even Steven... Stepway Stevens said it when he was on here that Philip Hedl is 
definitely valued, especially after the final two months of the season that he had with the Rangers. So there we go right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've let so many good guys go uh, in the previous management, i.e. Davidson, but Drury has been superb so far. I don't know where the brawn comes from. Mark, yes, on Panarin. Uh, it was his back. Uh, it was his back as well as his. Braun surprised me. Uh, he played better than I expected. And everyone was gassed at the end. Yes. David, right about that one. Black Bolt. Ugh. You know what? It, it, I understand there was them in an alternate reality, but still, you don't say what the weakness is of the player, but sort of like, Oh, Hey, uh, if you want to attack the Rangers attack, uh, through the middle on Ryan Strom cause he doesn't back check that well. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Joe. Um, Johnny red of all the things I loved about this podcast is that we all give our opinions and we respect each other's points without all the nasty stuff on other sites. Yes. That's the, look, that is the goal of all of us that especially when I have Anthony on, I didn't share it today to all things Islanders and uh, they've been very good with us, but yes, one of the great things is that we do share our opinions. We read your opinions and uh, not often do I just kind of glance by and, or say no, no, no. There are, you know, if we disagree, we disagree. It's fine. We're allowed to disagree. It's all conversation. It's discussion. How many how many podcasts like this do you really have where you're able to go on and give your opinion? I mean, Anthony at one point wanted to do a call-in show, and I was like, nope. <laughs> this works better. Um, And, yeah, I think Carpenter was a good pickup in terms of uh, the Rooney replacement for the PK. He's way better on face-offs. Yes, the Rangers need a face-off guy. We've been saying it for so long. Oh, uh, what we all do without Nemeth as our whipping boy. Well, Phil still has Jacob Truba. That's how simple that one is. Uh, B-Roy was saying, I got roasted for saying Braun carried Schneider. Underlying stat support, Braun was better than Schneider. Mm. Well, I, I, I thought the eye test was the other way around, but we'll see about that. Uh, I am aboard the Schneider train. So, yes, I agree that Carpenter was a low cost, uh, a low key signing by Drury. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really help out Calgary as much, but in the playoffs, but it was right there. I hate it when you have weird itches like up here on your ear. Because as you guys are looking at this, it looks like I'm picking my ear, but it's really, that's where my itch is. It's way up top. So, I mean, Izzy, you kind of missed me trying to figure out what the voice of the shot glass guy is. Uh, that 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 was certainly epic for everybody. I still think uh, the shot glass guy would be down here with his register. All right. Frazier saying, amount of goals for Kako depends on laugh. Laugh is night and day uh, from the queue. Yeah, well, it, well that kind of goes with all goal scorers. Every goal scorer is streaky. All of them. Every one of them. Depends on how big they're going to be. And uh, again, it took years for Chris Kreider to get to the point where I think he, the max amount of games he went between goals, I believe this year was four and might've been three. We'll find out about that one uh, afterwards. Uh, 
Braun was the one Ranger D-man with more ta more takeaways and giveaways. Oh, okay. Well, thanks about that. I actually thought it was Keandre Miller, but yeah, I I know it wasn't Jacob Truba. I'll say I'll tell you that. Okay. For, uh, by the way, uh, B Rye, where did leave me where you you have that stat, or just where to find that stat? Because they didn't have it on NHL.com to find uh, giveaways or takeaways. Fourth line by early in the midseason could be Cooley, Carpenter, and a rotation of Reeves, and I will say Sammy Blay right there uh, for another one. Kako's still more of a setup man. He needs to shoot more. That's the hardest part of young players. It's either getting them to shoot more or shoot less. Some guys, they will just fire that puck till no end. And that's where uh, that's that's where they're going to be with that. <laughs> uh, everyone here is respectful to each other and really refreshing of everyone's uh Everyone's transparent with their opinions. Yes. And we also always, again, one thing we try to do here is we want to talk. It's not just big apple hockey. We're an attitude. We're always going to be like a, a New York argumentative, argumentative person where it's, if we're not just going with emotion, we're backing it up with facts. Although sometimes we get some guys to do that. Uh, <laughs> David says, I disagree with your agreeableness. Well, then I agree. Uh, David is also saying Sharon Govich was on board the Schneider train too, and he got derailed. LOL. Don't forget, Brandon Schneider was a rookie. There's a lot of room to grow. Chris Frost saying that, and then as uh, he just needs more ice time, I agree with that. No, Truba was a big part of uh, this past year's success. I liked his shot, and sometimes I yelled, shoot it. Well, by the way, speaking about which, Filk loves to rip. Jacob Truba, a new one, and deservedly so. And one thing I can say for Jacob Truba, he turned in a pretty good season last year. 10 goals, 29 assists, 39 points. And usually the bar that we set for defenseman is 40 points. Jacob Truba had more points than Dougie Hamilton, and he wasn't a power play quarterback. He was a PP2 quarterback. And even at that, it really wasn't all that much. So uh, we're going to see about that one. Schneider is a gamer. I, I like what you're seeing out of Schneider. You know what? I said it was probably hockey reference, but I couldn't find it, Dave. That's why I was kind of funny about that. Because uh, I need to know where those stats are. I'm an I'm a guy that I take the stats. I interpret it. You could say I'm an analytics guy. No, I'm not an analytics guy. But I do believe the more information you have is always the better. And uh, getting the shot charts for the Chris Kreider video was very big. If I ever could fin finish it, I mean, that and also the stuff for the Golf Channel, and there's a lot of other stuff. By the way, if you're interested in doing any streaming, uh, I'm using uh, StreamYard right now. I did not put the code, uh, the link in to recommend it in the description. I will do that afterwards. It is a great tool. There are so many different things you could do with this. This is so much easier to use than OBS, which kind of freaked me out and scared me. But we're going to get to more of that. Uh, yeah, probably hockeyreference.com. Bigger and nastier this season with Cooley and Robertson. And I, that's why I think Robertson might get that starting job or that sixth defense, but I should say. Uh, we can all disagree that DQ is a franchise player killer. Well, we'll find out about that one soon enough. You can't have a number one and number overall pick two years in a row. Number one, number two overall and get next to nothing out of them. And it, it does kind of alarm me that Alexei Lafreniere, it 
he didn't exactly have that great of a season to start out. It was 56 games. He was eight. He was just turned 19 years old. But still, it's one of those things where I'm going, this this guy was a consensus number one. What the hell is going on here? And no, it doesn't fall on the development coaches. Because after all, Gregory Campbell's the development coach at Florida. They have a pretty good development program. Uh, I think the third line will be Heedle, Crafts, and Cooley. Fourth line, Goudreau, Blaze, and Carpenter. And by the way, that's also good. Uh, and... Yes, very physical. Frazier is saying, how many hits for Truba and blocks? Great year for him. Well, going to what you're saying, one thing that helped with Truba was a lot of key hits. He hit everybody. I mean, he obviously in the playoffs, we could talk about the hit on Crosby. We could talk about the hit on Seth Jarvis. Other thing to mention is he also hit Nate McKinnon, had to respond to a fight. That was a game I was at, fortunately, for that one. And uh, another thing about that was, uh, like, there's a lot of other things Jacob Truba does well. I'm not a guy that kills Jacob Truba. I do think he's overpaid. I think the contract is way too much. I think as soon as, almost a month after Penn was put to paper, Jacob Truba was removed from being a number one uh, defenseman. And, uh, by the way, decreasing the amount of responsibility he has, isn't a bad thing. He is one of the uh, defensemen. I think he led the NHL in the postseason with hits and blocks. And when we're talking about physical presence, that's what you need. So, uh, so I want to see Kreider. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't. I I'll call that the K cubed line. No other thing. But uh, also, who would be the center on that line? That would definitely be tough. I would probably be Kreider, actually. But no, definitely not. <laughs> so, yeah, there's – look, I'm not killing Jacob Truba, but also I do think that his his salary is too much, and that's what's going to end up getting him moved eventually. Uh, so, again, as Romanell was pointing out, another stealthy loose signing. Klingberg to Anaheim, like I said, sometimes just players don't want to go to X-team. You know what? I still think the Islanders remade their team and players do want to go there, but it, it it doesn't make any sense to me how he hasn't signed anyone at all. But if he's if that if he's saying my team is on the floor, that's what it is. And maybe he doesn't want to sign anybody because he doesn't want to risk the losing or he's thinking about Barzell next year. I don't know. I'm just wondering how their team got better outside of Romanov. And Romanov is a good pickup for them. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's where we're getting at with that one. Uh, I think Steiner needs more seasoning in the AHL. Nils and Jones more poised in their own end. I think Steiner played very well, I'll be honest with you. I thought he played very well for the Rangers. Uh, is he, Was he electrifying? Was he everything? No. But B-Rye, I'm going to check. I'm going to take a look at those stats as soon as uh, I can. Uh <laughs> well, you're just saying he needs a little more seasoning. He can get more seasoning. Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think you're really saying Snyder's a bust yet. I don't think you were saying that. I have to go back through your through your comments. Trouba was overpaid before he even hit the ice. Then when he was demoted to the second pair D and second on the power play, that's what that's what it is. And by the way, the guy you can uh 
the guy you can already say with that was uh, Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon, he was bidding against himself. He was an RFA. And I know big contracts were going out on that year, but you didn't have to bid that much in eight years for Jacob Trouba. Oh, God. So anyway, uh, Kratzoff, Kako would be so much speed. We could really guess him. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you got two def two good defensive players. Uh, Kratzoff's not a bad defensive player, by the way. Fox had to be on the first line. And by the way, Fox and Lindgren kind of worked their way to the first pairing. They weren't there right away, but they eventually ended up getting there. McDonald's burgers need a little bit more seasoning. Let the kids play. Uh, Snyder is going to make Miller expendable in a good hockey trade. We can't afford to keep Miller, especially when his contract ends around Laffey. Well, again, that's what I, br I keep bringing up next year. Lafreniere, Lafreniere, Snyder, and no, no, Lafreniere, Miller, and Heedle are all going to be RFAs. And there aren't many contracts for the Rangers because everybody's got a modified no trade clause. By the way, once again, thank you very much, Jeff Gorton, Chris Kreider, modify no trade clause. Uh, Vinny, well, Artemi Panarin, modify no trade clause. As a matter of fact, Artemi Panarin is a full no move clause. Um, Chris Kreider is a no move clause up until 2024. Then he has to submit a, no, a 15 team no trade list. Uh, you can get a, a 1.75 back on Ryan Reeves. You can get rid of Julian Gauthier, who's dead weight at 800,000. That gets you up to 2.5. So now at 2.5, that puts you in the neighborhood of getting Alexei Lafreniere signed for about 2.5 million. Dryden Hunt, bye-bye, 750,000. Now we're talking 3 million. And the Rangers still have uh, 1.08 of projected cap space. So let's be honest, Tyler Mott is not going to fit on there at all. And I think, oh, that still doesn't count for Sammy Blay, but I'm not sure about that one. I thought that was Sammy Blay on there. All right. And as far as like the, the Rangers with no move clauses, as far as defense goes, other than Truba, Ryan Lindgren does not have a no move. Adam Fox does not have a no move. Neither one of those guys are moving. And then there's always Leo, Leo Hayek. Oh, look, there's another 800,000. <laughs> Bye-bye. I think, I think Miller going is a bad idea. And I don't think they can buy out bread. Uh... Huh. Romanello saying the NMC isn't a big deal post uh, 2024 when the cap jumps 10 million. Hopefully that's the other thing. And uh, we lose $3 million in dead buyout money. By the way, they're also losing $3.5 million in dead buyout money after next season. Uh, oh yeah. Well, here's uh, so that's, that's actually something that's going to help. So I forgot about that. I, so I just, told you how to clear $3 million of cap space. And then on top of that, then you, you're going to get a little bit more when the dead cap goes off. b Rice saying, I'm not saying he's a boss. He just hasn't played all that much. Not just not, just not hitching my wagon to him yet. Yeah, but again, I still think the best thing to do is, especially with young players, give them small roles, 
and then expand them out as they perform. So, uh, but this year we still need the cast base for bonuses. They have almost zero cast base. That's right. And there is like a bonus cap space, I believe, that's in there. Uh, right now, they're saying trade deadline cap space is their current cap space. Deadline cap space $4.6 million if they keep it to where it is right now, which could be a big move for a, a, another player at the end. Salary caps are BS. The NBA must have five times the cap and owners helping owners. Yeah. But also, by the way, the cap is different because the NBA is a soft cap. The NHL is a hard cap. 3.5 million comes off the books next year or the buyouts. That is correct. And as we've talked about that, well, Richards is an amnesty buyout that didn't go against the salary cap. I can't believe my eyes. Y'all want to trade Keandre Miller after Snyder had a cup of coffee here. I don't want to trade Keandre Miller. I never said that. I know what some of the guys are saying, but. I think, I think that's more of that's more like the Buchnevich situation where it was you have another guy in the wings who you could fall back on. I could tell you this after the after seeing him in the playoffs and every everybody guys, if your eyes aren't telling you keep Keandre Miller, it's definitely after the watching some of his playoff games. There's a great video that was on Twitter yesterday. I'm I'm pretty sure I retweeted it. Check it out, Big Apple Hockey Podcast. Also, that way, uh, you could also see me ripping on Joey Gallo, who, um, after all, I'm pretty sure Joey Callow would strike out less. And Joey Callow's dead. So um, it's it's one of those things that I think the um, – I, I I just think it's the idea of another guy in the wings who always can replace him. And also, we can get back in case if you do move him. But no, no, nobody wants to trade Miller – it's a cap crunch. You might end up having to get moved for poor cap management. That's what you're trying to say right there. Yeah. Hey, day's end. This is my first time seeing you. I'm going to jump you ahead and just say, welcome back. Uh, welcome to the show. And yes, the Leafs would gladly take him because they can use some low cost players. You know, Karen Miller, by the way, uh, there was a great story about him helping out an autistic boy the other day. Uh, taking time to talk to him. His brothers and his sister were big hockey fans. And uh, hold on, sex bots. I am the sex bot. Okay. But yeah, so Lee's can always use them help on the back end. I agree with you on that one. Welcome to the show. Everybody, by the way, right now I got 30 of you in here. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. I have not mentioned that in a few minutes. And if you haven't already hit the like, please do that because that would really help me out on that right there. So let's get back to some of these because eventually, oh, hold on. And by the way, if there's ever an error where ever somebody gets dismissed like the sex bot, it's just, just bear with us. We're going to go right back and fix that as soon as that happens. But fortunately, you don't have to worry about that because sometimes these things move. So we just got to be aware of that. But as like everybody else is saying, I wouldn't move Miller unless you're getting a top elite player back. Miller is going to be a top NHL defenseman. <laughs> I trade Miller for Moritz Sider. Yeah. I mean, then again, who was your number one defenseman then? Moritz Sider or speaking about speaking about guys that are throwing off guys like ragdolls. And I think Moritz Sider ended up knocking Chris Kreider off. 
Yeah, most sex is done naked. So wouldn't it be that? So, uh, I, I just, Keandre is going to be a hell of a player and he's going to be a hell of a player for years. All right. We're actually at 240 right now. I remember when I said I was going to go to two o'clock and then you guys talked to me at the 215. So now I get there, but we're going to, we're going to cut it off for the day because you now we're starting to get overwhelmed with the sex bots. So, like I said, we have so many big things on the horizon coming up. Thanks for the 30 of you that are still watching me that were able to endure my my voice for the last three hours and 11 minutes. It has been already a good day. Uh... <laughs> we're going to three o'clock. So... <laughs> All right, we're going to three o'clock. It's a hard three o'clock. That is it. This isn't, I'm not going to do any more after that. I do have to say that I'm going to have, uh, I, I'm going to have to go to the gym and I think I'm going to have to try to get, I mean, hopefully my body still works. I mean, I, like I said, I walked Beth page black yesterday. Anybody that plays golf knows how difficult that could be. Days end. Thanks very much. We got a lot of hockey content for you. And trust me, if you want to talk Leafs, I'll gladly talk Leafs. You could also check out the postseason wrap up. I put up for the Leafs on uh, our, uh, on our website, big apple hockey podcast.com. So <laughs> no, they're not sex bots. They're, they're fem bots from Austin powers. Yes. So Fox and Miller are going to be the main stages at this point. Yeah. I also don't want to lose Ryan Lingren, but even he, cause I mean, you can see what Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Lingren meant to this team. He's going to be an RFA in 24, 25, this is why paying Adam Fox as much as they did was a little bit too soon, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, Chris. Hey, got to hit the shower at one before work anyway. All right. Yeah. Cause I, I still got a lot of stuff. I, I have to say Rangers losing uh, Chris Morehouse, director of North American scouting. It was influential on drafting Cooley Schneider and Ottman. All right. I mean, Drury fired the uh, European uh, guy. But. Uh, Miller's not on the third. Yeah, Miller was not going to be a third pair guy. So. But always like to see a new person added to the roster. And uh, always like to see new guys coming in here. Cause like I said, we had we we actually had a lot of talk today. We had a lot of talk about you know, there's, it's 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 great to do the show. It's great to do it all the time, and then hopefully we can get one of these to go every single day. Because uh, I listen to the guys on the power play, and they do a great job. So there's just uh, when I think about. When I think about some of the just, it, it's great. It's great just to talk pucks. That's what it is. And and I said, and by the way, sex bots. I said pucks. That's what I said. So it's that's what's great to talk. Uh, sooner than later, your ten minutes turn into another hour. <laughs> it is so true. It is so true. Well, um, Chris, you're right about that. Henriksen 
doesn't play in, in didn't play in the AHL. There's an exemption that he had. It was either the NHL or he had to go back to the Swedish league. Uh, Steven explained that to me during the, um, the prospect show. Me, Phil, and Steven actually did a Rangers prospect show. It went for three, uh, three hours. And the thing about it was two of those hours, it, our streams collapsed. And then they got deleted. So I can't believe that. But, um, and by the way, the, the money that they paid Fox great. It's it, I, again, the money that they paid Fox was great. I had no problem because Fox earned that money. And I really would like, uh, I just, I just think if you signed bridge deals, but once he won an orchestra, if you had to pay him, and the fact that everybody was getting paid at that time, like Thomas Shabbat, that's is just what happened. So right there. And I gotta go back to Day's End right here because I know you're leaving soon. But I really hope one day soon the Leafs get past the first round. They have the talent. They need the desire to match. I I I, I question their goaltending. That's where I always come down to. You look at their top end talent, and every American would love to see Austin Matthews succeed, especially in in a town like that. It's just, I don't know if Dubas made the right moves in, in net. And I, I still question that. Um, I would, I think I would have re out Jack Campbell before going to Matt Murray. Matt Murray's best days are behind him. I think that goalie's gone. That's the, the guy that won the two, the, the, the two cups is gone. And we talk about sometimes guys are seasoned. Also guys can be exposed. And I think Murray had a, okay season with Ottawa. He still hasn't played 39 games in a while. How the hell is he supposed to win uh, 16 games in the playoffs, probably playing about at least 26 to 30 games? It's, it's, not, it's I, I don't, I don't see it happening for him. Next year's draft, I see a bunch of D going off the board again. Well, yeah, well, if one of those Ds is Bedard, definitely. But uh, no, I mean, I know what you mean. Unless we trade all of our picks in an all-in Stanley Cup run. You'll, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Because I, I I think the Rangers got the pieces, but you know what? You're going to find out what they have to do when it comes to trade deadline. That's always a huge, huge one for us. I got to find out when the trade deadline is. I hope I'm off for that. But I was elated walking into work uh, that day that the Rangers got Andrew Kopp. Right now we're at 2.47 Eastern time and I'm still going to be sitting here talking with you guys for another 13 minutes. And I promise it is only going to be 13 minutes. Romanelle, you can't talk me into any more time after that. Because I am going to have to download for um, for the audio listeners and so that way they can, wa- they can watch and listen to that. If you haven't followed us on Instagram, make sure you follow us on Instagram. We're also available on Twitch and Twitter and uh, we broadcast on three different Facebook pages, sometimes a fourth because we do it on all things Rangers, Big Apple Hockey, and of course, Big Apple Hockey Group. Here's the thing. I think the Leafs did a great job with everything this offseason because Callie Arncrook is going to be a good player for them. It's just when it comes to Matt Murray, that's where you go, wait, What? Because they, them going after Matt Murray basically took them out of some other guys. You mean to tell me between Matt Murray and and uh, uh, Sam Sonoff, they couldn't have put together the money for Darcy Kemper? They couldn't have put together a package for John Gibson? I mean, there's 
there were there were guys that I thought were better options. Now, by the way, Darcy Kemper, I like him a lot, but he has to stay healthy. He was healthy with Colorado just enough for them to win. Uh, and again, that's just something you have to get to. Roman L saying, uh, oh, sorry, wait, wait. Uh, first go to Frazier. Frazier, uh, Murray is finished. Ottawa didn't put him on waivers. Uh, yeah, I thought Ottawa, thought Ottawa put, uh, put him on waivers, but they were going to send him to, to the Buffalo Sabres. There was a trade in place much lower than what the Leafs gave up. And he said no, but he said yes to going to the Leafs. Uh, I don't think we could do better. Uh, I think I don't think we could do better this year than last. Kreider is a score in 52, but Lafayette will have more than 19. Igor won't be superhuman, just really good. It should be an interesting year. Yes, but also I think the Rangers' defense is going to get better from last year. They, they still had guys that were learning. And we talk about a guy who, in K. Andre Miller, who really, really, really took a jump in the month of March. And so, and in a way, so did Filipino. Now, the question is, are, are those numbers going to translate to the new season? Well, they better. That, that's one thing. I do think Igor is a solid goalie. The way he plays, I think he can get up there in the high 920s at least. And not many guys in, in save percentage. Um, not many guys really get to 930 a lot. And if you look at his numbers in the, in the first round, I thought he was gassed. And then the rest of the way, Igor Sesterkin was back to being Igor Sesterkin. And I don't think he gave up four goals the rest of the playoffs in, in that run. So we're going to see about that. Toronto should make a blockbuster and maybe even go after Jeremy Swayman. See, again, um, you got to look for the goalie that's that's going to go, but it's, it's so hard to say because the goalie market, probably the best it's ever been. I mean... Even Simeon Verlamov, I thought, was a decent upgrade over over uh, again. Matt, I'm 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 not a believer in Matt Murray. That's where my problem is. And again, as you guys are pointing out, uh, you guys are pointing out, uh, it just it's just Matt Murray does not stay healthy. Now, here's the thing: William Nylander is always rumored in trades. And I would not, I would not go near Taylor Hall whatsoever. I don't. You guys know my opinion on Taylor Hall. I think he's the most overrated player in the NHL, and I, it's just what I think. I, I, he had one MVP season, and then that was it. But that's just what I think. Hunt will absolutely, absolutely not be on the second line. I think that was done to be more sarcastic. Um, I'm excited for this. Oh, no, Blay is going to be a guy that's going to get moved around the lineup. David is saying Murray's Murray's problem is health, not availability. By the way, remember the best ability in sports availability. Samsonov, I think will be better if they can get 30 from Murray and 50 from Samsonov. They're going to be fine. I actually think they're going to be fine defensively, but again, goaltending comes down to in the playoffs. When you need a save, you get a save. And there are a lot of times where, uh, take for instance, the Henry Glundquist error. They were able to make the save, but eventually they couldn't break through on the other end because also the Rangers were offensive and challenged. Then eventually Glundquist ended up breaking. But, and and by the way, uh, Day's End is bringing this one up right here. Uh, I saw a lot of fight in the Rangers and the Kings this year. They should be two of the favorites apart from Stars, Tampa Bay, and the Avs. Stars are an interesting one. 
And I'm glad you brought up the stars for a second because I do think Pete DeBoer can help the stars be a better team. He's usually a good coach their first year and better on their second season. They'll get a deep playoff run. And then after their deep playoff run, forget it. They're, they're done. So like take for instance, Vegas, he got Vegas to the third round. It's two, the last two years, come to the conference finals the last two years. And they just folded at, at all those times. Um, I, again, the boar short-term good coach long-term. Nope. It's, and that's probably going to be him. Um, Mike is saying the only reason why I wanted the Rangers to get Kadri is to play with Kreider and Kratzoff. Seems like a dream that I, well, because again, at least that would give the Rangers another matchup center and get Mika Zibanejad away from being the matchup center. Imagine Mika Zibanejad not having to defend first, but that's another thing. I wouldn't either, but I think Boston is folding and Hall bust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, I think Hall is on, speaking about which, with Taylor Hall, I think he's... Tail Hall is still signed for two more years at $6 million per. He's got a modified no trade clause that kicks in after next season. So enjoy him, Boston. He's going to be with you again. And there's there are churches that are quieter than Taylor Hall in the playoffs. Toronto has no money and they are drained and they have uh, to resign Matthews and Newlander next year. Uh, yeah, but Dubas moves everything around. See what the Leafs have right now. Yeah, they're right now at $1.5 million over the cap. That's where the hard part is. The funny thing is that the Leafs still have their first-round draft picks. They don't have second round, a uh, second-rounder next year or in 2025, and they don't have their third-rounder in 2024. Um, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see where their moves are, and again, they actually don't have no trade clauses or no move clauses on Matthews, Marner, or William Nylander. But just imagine trying to tell people you traded Austin Matthews. That's not going to happen. Uh, and Austin Matthews is going to break the bank. Again, I love the Kelly Yarncrook trade. I think he's a great young player for them. Uh, not great. Uh, he's a great utility player for them. Thank you. That was the worst thing to say. Uh Peter Engvall turned in a great, a uh, pretty good season. Uh, Michael Bunting obviously came out of nowhere, and he's a great bargain for them. But they got guys on like dirt cheap contracts: Kyle Clifford, Wayne Simmons, you know, and Nicholas Albeck-Hubel. That I can't believe that they got him. It's I I like the least makeup, and I think Sheldon Keefe can do some things with them. But I don't. I just. I, again, their old their goaltending is going to be right there, and all right, Chris Frost is saying it right there. Ottinger is a good goalie and waiting, waiting to break out. Yeah, all right. If it's if he is anything like he showed in that series versus Calgary, there's two goaltenders that are ready. I, all right, I don't want to use the term breakout for the second one because I think he already broke out, but uh, Ottinger definitely fits that mold that you're talking about right there, a goalie, get ready for him to be good. And then Thatcher Demko is the other one. Uh, I talked earlier in the bubble about teams getting Demkoed, as they said, but uh, Thatcher Demko looks like he's going to be a real quality uh, 
goaltender. And that's also the same reason why I don't want I, I, I if I'm a Vancouver fan, I don't want them selling on JT Miller right now. That that team could be very good next year. And I I mean that wholeheartedly. They're very good. So I wouldn't be surprised about that. It would take more than just Mourner for Pelic. <laughs> uh the 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 it would be a lot more than that. The, uh, for the Islanders side. Uh, Marner is Marner's production. I know he's had the trouble in the playoffs. Uh, that that delay of game that he took in game six versus Montreal, that was another one. But, I mean, it could be right there. Days end, once again, uh, I think the Leafs should go the route of letting some rookies play, offloads of contracts, Buzz and Hall, Kerfoot, and uh, I want to shop around. You're right, and by the way, keep in mind you have to re-sign Rasmus Sandin, and it's $1.5 million over the cap right now. Are allowed to go 10% over the cap up until trade uh, the uh, beginning of next season. So that's where it's going to be right there. Uh, kind of like, yeah, Hall for Larson. And I don't even know what to make of that trade anymore. The devil certainly robbed Arizona of a lot of uh, assets when they got there. The Leafs haven't used their first round pick in the last two years. Uh, thought they did this year, but no, for the next two, for the next three seasons, they got their first round draft pick. So we're going right back there. I think the Leafs could acquire a two to three power forward and uh, some decent D they can finally go on a run. I think the number one thing for the Leafs is they have to get past that mental barrier. And I know um, I got caught on that one with core that uh, the mental barrier I talked about with the Rangers that they never beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then they made it back to the conference finals. And yes, that was in 2012 where the, the Rangers did go to the conference finals. I could say it like that. Brad and I still think, as soon as they beat Sidney Crosby, that team believed that they can win it all. And truth be told, they lost the Stanley Cup by three three goals. That's it. And that's a hell of a team that they had right there. Guys, I hate to break the news to everyone, but the clock is about to strike three. And again, I want to thank everybody for joining us, or at least joining me this week. It was certainly interesting to do Bar Talk to be interacting with you guys instead of just telling you our thoughts. So it was fun to do it that way. We'll try to do some more of that every now and again. I always say, put your comments down whenever we're doing the bar talk segment, but also, uh, <laughs> Mike, I can't go to four, but also, uh, we're probably gonna do our weekly show on Wednesday. And also on Friday, we will have that interview with Jacob Slavin and a little, we'll do like a little mini show right there. Uh, can't wait, can't wait for that one. That's going to be great. And we got a lot of stuff that we have to do for that. Uh, even if we're not, um, even if we decide to record it, we, we might do that instead of doing a full stream for the Jacob Slavin interview, but it's, it's always great guys. Thank you very much for joining us today. If you haven't liked, shared and or subscribed to us, do at least two of the three. If not, if not all three, that would be great. So again, Thanks for joining me today. Uh, so to Big Apple Hockey. Uh, <laughs> you already twisted it enough. I got to get this on for iTunes. So, and the fact that I'm working tonight is certainly getting down there and 
we got our we got our number dwindling uh dwindling down a little bit so again everybody thanks very much and we will see you next week <laughs>